Welcome to the 323rd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on February 12th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who has very likely had more coffee than I have, Carlos Rodella. I've had a lot of coffee this morning, and that is for sure. I have had not nearly enough, man. I need to catch up to you and quick. I get like uh, normal mocha at Starbucks, of course. And then I get like extra coffee, like those nitro cans, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I keep them in the fridge so like I just kind of like uh, top up my mocha. Sure. <laughs> it's got like a little chocolate in the bottom, so I have like another mocha. And um, yeah, I'm wired. Let's go. Huh. Huh. I can't drink Starbucks anymore. I used to, and then I just kind of, I really just like fell off of it. I think with age, I've kind of like wanted less and less sugar in my diet. And also I've kind of gotten tired of the Starbucks, you know, char. People got Charbucks for a reason, right? Wait. So I just do my stuff at home now. What? Char meaning what? Like it's burned. Car- Starbucks oh. coffee's always burned. Now, here's the thing. Uh, it's location based. So no, not always. And also when you get a mocha like I do, it's mainly a chocolate taste. It's like yeah, chocolate, chocolate coffee. Ugh, chocolate's gross, though. I hate their chocolate. See, now there's where I disagree again. Uh, it's Ghirardelli, I believe, which yeah, I love. I hate Ghirardelli. I hate oh, it. well, there you go. There's your problem. I mean, not yeah, your problem. It. It's just your My per- preference. Yeah. Preference. Yeah, yeah. I, just drink, I just drink a lot of drip coffee at home. We get some good beans from a local roaster over in Greenwood, and I like their blend. Really, really nice. Really nice blend. Low, low oil, low acid, no citrus notes, which is the number one kiss of death in a coffee for me. And Starbucks loves citrus. I don't know if you're like a coffee head or not, but like citrus notes in coffee, you might as well just like let diarrhea go in my mouth, dude. I oh, jeez, really? I, I want to edit that out, <laughs> <laughs> but I won't. But I won't because our listeners know we just don't edit things. Yes. If nothing um, else from this podcast today, take away from this 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 show that Brad hates citrus notes in his coffee. Yeah, and also to get that whole image out of my head, um, I like peppermint in my mocha as well. So that kind of changes the, the taste palette for me gotcha, but gotcha. anywho uh anyway, this isn't the coffee cast it could be but it's not no folks we are back it's it's me it's carlos it's episode 323 we're doing the show a little bit earlier than normal a hair earlier so maybe that's why i'm a little bit punchy have not finished even one coffee yet which is a serious problem but we're going to power through uh and as everyone knows we start everything off every week every show uh, with Carlos and I doing some housekeeping. He and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That's right. It is housekeeping. I got like maybe like two, three things. What do you got this week, Carlos? I have like six or seven boxes. I'll pick just a few. Uh, but before we even get started to the boxes, I want to say, uh, was it last episode was our most controversial episode ever? Yes, that was. Yes. Yeah. We we got into some stuff. We did. Um, but I realized like it didn't get like a ton of views or listeners. So, um, I mean, people checked it out like we all, you know, you all sure. do. So sure. thank you for listening. But it wasn't like something that was going to be lit on fire and all the comments were crazy. And I just thought it was going to be nuts. Right. Um, because it isn't. We're just not going to do a controversial episode ever again. I mean, I think that's actually good because, number one, we didn't hype it as like a clickbait controversial episode. We just we just. We promoted it like a normal episode. So if if people were not looking for like the attention grabbing headlines, they wouldn't have been drawn to it anyway. And I, I actually think that's really good because the people who listen to our show, I would like to imagine, are very, you know, 
handsome and beautiful, smart, well-educated people who've got great opinions. And so, of course, they're going to agree with us. They're not going to be mad at us in the comments because we're speaking the same language. That's why they, they listen to us week after week. I think we kind of we're on the same vibe, you know? We're on the same vibe. It's okay if you're on a different vibe. But also, yeah, it wasn't like controversial in any real sense. So it's like, well, we don't need, need to fully really go there. And on top of that, you know, you go, you come to the podcast for video games. So we're really going to focus on those. But anyways, I just thought I'd bring that up because there's so many controversies going on every week. We're just not like going to delve into them all because there's just too many. There's no, that's a whole separate podcast. Yeah. All right. So back to the coffee cast. Back to the coffee cast. Carlos, why don't you uh, start with your stuff and I'll I'll, I'll wrap it up at the end here. So what do you got? What's, what's your boxes today? Let's start off with these boxes that are called demo chat. Uh, new section it could be called for the podcast demo chat uh because <laughs> demos come out all the time and i don't know if we really cover them enough but uh one came out for octopath traveler 2 did you yes. see that yeah well this is kind of parlaying are you going to talk about the nintendo direct or just the demos i'm not really i'm not again not the biggest nintendo fan right now but it did happen and there's a bunch of stuff including new zelda but octopath yeah. traveler 2 was there um the demo is out now and i like that I'm pretty sure you it carries over. Is that right? I'm pretty sure it does. I didn't, or it's a I didn't prologue play it, or something. But I think it does save your data, yeah. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but I'm going to. Um, also, the Sea of Stars demo came out. Yes. Which people have well. been really excited about. So I thought I saw those. What else did you see from the Direct that you thought was cool? Yeah, this was actually, I think, the strongest Direct we've seen in a while. Um, I, the whole family got together on the couch to watch it. And there was something there for all of us. Like, I was excited about a few. My kid was excited about a few. My wife was definitely excited about a few. Um, you know, Zelda, whatever. I mean, everybody knows Zelda. It's going to be the, the what is it, the 400-pound gorilla as soon as it lands. Uh, so everybody's going to play that. I'm sure it's going to be great. So whatever. We don't need to really talk about that. But uh, exciting stuff. New Professor Layton. I was very excited about oh, that. Yeah. My wife was mm-hmm. going bananas over that because we're huge Professor Layton fans. And uh, the first trilogy, amazing stuff. I think those are just like really classic, really well done games. I love them so much. Um, it got a little long in the tooth because they kept going back to the same formula and we kind of fell off of like the latter trilogy. And I certainly didn't care much for the mobile game. But it's been a while. It's been a while since we've had a new Professor Layton. And I am, I'm ready to get a new Professor Layton. I hope that they bring it back. And I would just love to be in that world again. Pikmin 4 looks real fun. We're big Pikmin fans of this house. We all play Pikmin. That's exciting. Um, Rain Code is a maybe. That's from the people who made, or at least some of the people who made Danganronpa. And Danganronpa is amazing and fantastic. And one of my favorites, one of the best visual novels I've ever played, But that team has been kind of, I mean, this sounds kind of harsh and I don't mean to be insulting, but they've been on a bit of a losing streak lately. Their last, I think, two games I have not cared for. They kind of lost the magic. So I'm wondering if this is going to be a three-peat for games I don't care for or if they're going to reclaim some of that juice. We'll see. Yeah. Could go either way. Return Uh, to form, maybe. Could be. Hopefully so, but we'll see. But, you know, Danganronpa is such a unique once-in-a-lifetime sort of thing. I hope that they're not chasing it because... I just don't think you can capture that lightning in that bottle again. I want them to do something different because they're a very talented team, but I I feel like they're a little bit trapped in trying to reclaim past glory. So we'll see. Uh, Baton Kaitos, I was extremely shocked. You could have knocked me over with a feather when they dropped that one. That one was from, I want to say the 360 days. I played it back in the day and I thought it was really well done. Um, It's an RPG, JRPG, but it's also a deck battler. And one of the earliest... Uh, console deck battlers at the time um 
so we didn't they're not nearly as common back then as they are now and so that was a really pretty radical thing um and i thought it was pretty well done i can't remember if i beat it or not but i remember really liking it and it's possible i even rented it back then it's very possible oh my goodness you know back when you went to a place and paid money to rent a physical thing and brought it back to your house that's weird wait side note on that people are talking about rumors are going around uh at that big football game that's happening today there's a football Mm -hmm. match um, I probably won't watch it. I don't know about like the soccer footballs. or American football. No, American football, NFL. Okay. I'm making a joke. Oh, okay. The Super Bowls today. Um, oh, is that today? Yeah, I know. I didn't know. Either <laughs> I had literally no idea, dude. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, people are talking about Blockbuster having an ad in the Super Bowl that's coming up, and they think they're going to have a comeback or something. No, that's what they said. That's what no, I heard. No, there's still no. one around. Remember, it's in here in Oregon, I think. Or is there just there's Northwest. just one though left? Right? There's like one, one, yes, but. That's what I'm hearing. So just, it's a rumor. I don't know. Anyways, so back to that. Nintendo Direct. Let's get back to the list here. Ghost Trick is coming to the Switch. Oh, yeah. Have you played, played Ghost Trick? I played it back in the day, yeah. It was oh, okay. I, I don't know. You didn't like it that much? I thought it was phenomenal. I thought Ghost Trick oh, was okay. awesome. I loved it. My wife loved it. It To me, it's one of uh, uh, the unsung heroes of Capcom where like, it was brilliant. It was fresh. It was exciting. Great mechanics. Funny story. And like fucking nobody played it. It was just like complete crickets, which mm. drove me crazy. Um, so I'm glad it's going to get a, a second chance. And I would love to see a second one of those um, for sure. Uh, wife was thrilled for the Etrian Odyssey Origins collection. They're collecting games one through four. You ever play Etrian Odyssey? I did, but I can't remember them. This is the one. So it was 3DS specific where it was one of the best applications of the 3DS hardware where if we all remember, we had the touch screen on the bottom and the regular screen on top and it was a clamshell. I bet there's people out here who probably haven't even seen a 3DS, I betcha. Um, and the thing of it was, was the top was the, the the dungeon crawling screen where you walked around first person, and the bottom was where you drew a map in real time with the little oh, stylus on the yeah. 3DS. Drawing that map is so strangely satisfying and so compelling. I don't know what it is about it, but just like, draw a little door here, and you put a little hallway here, and here's a trap, and here's a monster, and just... do doodling on that little touchscreen was the shit dude so my wife and i loved it she's played these already she's been through all the etrian odyssey games but she's like it's been so long i don't remember them i would love to get back into them and i'm just like yes that would be really cool yeah um deca police was interesting i'm kind of hoping that one's going to turn out to be good don't know a lot about it but the trailer really got us but the number one thing the number one thing i am most excited for and straight up like real talk honestly having been more excited for this than i am for zelda or professor layton or anything else the number one thing fantasy life sequel oh Dude. right oh, it's an God. actual sequel i was gonna mention oh, my that God. yeah did you play fantasy life i you did, did and i liked it a lot and a uh, friend shit. of the show lelena i think showed it to me originally oh, yeah i really really like it um so i'm excited for that a lot oh i played the shit out of fantasy life and for a, a brief moment in time it was like the only game everybody on twitter and my circle was playing we were all playing it together we teamed up online to do some quests. We were all like, grinding through those jobs. And it's interesting because you wouldn't think that game would be so fun where you just have like 12, 15, 16 jobs and you grind experience on each one. But man, something about it was so compelling, dude. It was yeah. like the ultimate the ultimate like numbers get bigger game and he's just like could not put that fucker down. So Yeah, it felt like um, some sort of earthbound quality to me. Mm-hmm. Not, not like it's like that type of game at all, but it's just like, you know, you're leveling up and there's a quirkiness to it. I don't know. I just, I really do like it. Oh my God. Fantasy life. Oh, I want that so bad. Like I, I am ready for another fantasy life. That would be amazing. So also a bunch of people are excited about that Metroid remake or whatever it is. Uh, uh, Metroid prime again. And I'm like, I, I we both played it a million times yes. ago. A long yes, time I've ago. So played it a million times, been through it. 
And the funny thing is, I heard a lot of other people um, making kind of a joke about, oh, yeah, everybody's going to get back into Metroid. And then the joke's going to be on them because Metroid Prime uh, 2 and 3 take the worst parts of Metroid Prime 1 and double and triple down on them. And I'm like, yes, that is absolutely true. Those games got worse as they went on. Prime is really the only one worth playing. But I played it like twice. You've probably played it at least least twice. I'm not going to play it again. Fuck it. I'm not going to play it again. Um, Before we leave demo chat, though, uh, the Wolong, is that how you say it? Wolong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, game that I'm very excited about, which is yeah. kind of like a Souls-like game as well, but a little more forgiving, I've heard. Uh, the demo is actually coming out on February 24th, oh, which okay. is only a couple weeks from now. Um, it's Yes, it's coming to Game Pass, but if you play the demo on the 24th, the, the progress carries over. Good. I love Excellent. that kind of stuff. Then I can like, a good move. definitely check it out before then, see if I'm all in, and then your progress carries over. So there you go. Yeah, I love that. That's that's whoever came up with that deserves a raise because that was a brilliant idea. Yes. Um, what else you got? What else you got? Oh, by the way, uh, Next Fest happened, or I don't know if it's still happening. I think it happened. Oh God, I want it to be over, please. There's so many games, and wait, why do you want it to be over? Because I get eighty-five fucking oh. kajillion emails in my inbox, and it's always like demo, 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 demo. And you know, I don't swing PC heavily anyway. And like, I mean, real talk. I don't, I don't need to see the demos, right? Because demos change. It, it's like somebody telling me something's in early access, which I get a million emails about anyway. And it's like, I don't want to play these. I don't even want to check them out because just show me when it's done because it's going to be unfinished and frame rate's not right. And, oh, we didn't add this content. It's just like a waste of my time. Like, I just show me the good stuff. Don't show me unfinished work in progress. That's let just me. me. Let me work. agree and disagree. The disagree part is, uh, you know me, I like want to try everything. Um, so the disagree, disagree part is like, I'm excited to see a bunch of new stuff. And also if it carries over, right, then I'm excited. But the agree, which I'm going to re- actually rely heavily on right now or focus on, is that I played a ton of these in the Next Fest demos. Mm-hmm. And I was very frustrated with 90% of them because one, I like controller. And most of them say half controller support which means you're you still using the mouse and then like you can go and use your controller or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then lots of the times, almost every time actually, some of the buttons aren't mapped right. Yeah. So you're like, you yeah. can't even do certain things. Yeah. So I was so frustrated with so many of the demos. I don't ever say like negative stuff about NextFest, but this time in particular, and then also just like with like, because, because they're demos, they're not optimized right. So yeah. my computer isn't the best. Right. So I was just eating shit on frame rate on some of them. So if it was a bad experience this time, I was like, yeah. oh, wait, is Brad right? That can't be right. I could Brad, be right. Brad couldn't be right in this. But yeah, I didn't want to play these games early this time. There's only one exception. Okay. Which is Shadow of Doubt, which a lot of people are talking about. And it's, um, it's a voxel looking first person uh, cyberpunk detective game. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a, lot a lot to of say words. In one sentence. Yeah, I said it, didn't I? But bet, yeah, it's just like a fun mystery game where you have like a little pin board and you can like you know take that little red yarn and Ooh. between different subjects and stuff, and it's just open worldy kind of like so you can just they say hey there's a thing that went on a mystery go figure it out, and they don't right. hold your hand at all. It's pretty darn neat. I like the open worldness of it, and it didn't like crash on me so. Uh, anywho, anyway, I just want to mention Next Fest. Yeah. Well, happened, well just, to, but... just to tag on to that, I mean, I hear what you're saying. And for me personally, I would much rather just have you guys show me a, uh, a trailer, like a well cut trailer that shows your vision when you think it's going to be done. Just for the same reasons, right? When we get demos on console, 
they are basically almost done. Very rarely will we get a demo where it's like, oh, this is so far from being done. They just don't do that on console, right? Right. So yeah. the demos on PC are they're able to be much rougher earlier. Um, you know, it's already more inclined to the early access environment over there. So I just I would just rather not get any negative associations. I want to give people the full benefit of the doubt. I want to see something in its best light. And I feel like that that doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um, with these kind of really, really early demos. So. Well, to that point, the other thing, a uh, little box I had in the housekeeping was Pacific Drive. Um, just a trailer slash some gameplay, but not the reviewer playing the gameplay. And it looks so fascinating. What it is, is you drive a station wagon that you upgrade, and it's mm. a roguelike driving game hmm. with monsters and kind of like, you know, dangers on the road that you have to avoid, or I don't think they're shooting. It's more like different kind of upgrades to your car. Mm-hmm. And then it's in, set in the Pacific Northwest, and it's kind of monstery and mystery, and then it's roguelike. I mean, so you, that's fun. Yeah, so you like go back to your garage and upgrade it and fix things that you got damaged, and then you go back out, and it just looks so fucking cool. And it's one of those things where, yeah, there's no demo, but someone recently got to go check it out and the developers like played it for them, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and that video is up online right now. So Pacific drive looks really good. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah. All um, right. What else you got? That's most of my boxes. I have one other one. What do you have? Um, just, I want to touch quickly on the egg report, which I think I will be doing for a while. People seem pretty interested. In oh chickens. yes. So on the, today's egg report, uh, sad morning. Uh, we only got one egg, which sucks. But I will say that yesterday we got eight, which was a really good day. Um, I think it's just not as sunny today. Sun makes a big difference, and it's pretty early in the day. We don't usually collect a lot until the afternoon. But one, a disappointing one. So one for the today's egg report. And just uh, the only other thing I have today, just a heads up that some new stuff dropped for Vampire Survivors. Still playing that. I'm still playing that every now and again. Um, I almost got through the, um, I don't know, the the samurai-themed DLC, the samurai-slash-Asian-themed mm. uh, DLC with, like, the cherry blossoms and the, uh, you know, the kappa and all of the different uh, Asian monsters. Um, I'm almost done with that. There's a couple, like, really long, like, kill 100,000 monster achievements I haven't done yet because that takes, like, an hour, and I didn't, didn't have that much time. But they dropped a new update where you can get a new achievement and then when you get the achievement it unlocks a new stage and then in the new stage are two new relics and those relics give new powers to some of the secret characters that hopefully you have unlocked by now so not major but it just gives you another reason to go back and play once in a while and i you know i'm fine to go back once a week once every two weeks and just do like one or two runs and i'm good it's a fun game to come back to yeah it's a perfect game to come back to it's like so pick up and play exactly don't gotta remember nothing about it you just pick up and jump back in yeah Exactly. So heads up, Vampire Survivors, the new update just dropped. I think it was two days ago. So on console, on PC, it's ready to go. There you go. Check it out. Check it out. That's all I got. Anything else for you? The The last box is Forspoken. I just wanted to give it an actual numbered score. Oh, okay. Well, let's set it up then. Let's do that right now. So we covered Forspoken in depth last week. You went into it and really went to bat hard for it. Got me excited for it, honestly. I really want to crack into that ASAP. Um, so now you've had time to think about it. You've, I'm sure you beat it already. You beat it last week, didn't you? Yeah, I beat it. Yeah, beat last it last week. week. Did you go back for any post game stuff? Did I you sure did. Around a little bit more. Yeah, okay, I sure tell did. Us about that. Well, it, like I think I alluded to last time, is that they do a really good job of, hey, this is the story. It's going to continue. 
we know that you beat the game. It's not that bullshit thing of like, go back to the beginning or a load save before you beat the game. It's like, no, you beat the game and here's the repercussions and here's a bunch of new quests. It's cool. like, it's super cool. So um, yeah, I just went back in almost like you just said, pick up and play with Vampire Survivors. It's always going to be on my desktop or my PlayStation desktop you know, area. And I'm just going to go back to it every once in a while because it's, for me, it's really relaxing to just hold down the parkour button and go through this huge world and, you know, unlock stuff and, and, and find new quests. So, yeah, yeah, I really like it. I just kind of keep going back to it. And there's some DLC coming in summer. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, which is actually a prequel, which really has me interested because I know, you know, one of the main reasons I like that game is is actually the story uh, versus what a lot of people said online. Sure, sure. Um, and I'm just really excited to see what they're going to talk about in that prequel. So, okay, so it's it's fair to say that you have done your due diligence. You've played the shit out of the game. You really liked it. We talked about it in depth last week. You've had some time to think about it. We didn't make any rash decisions because we think about everything we say very carefully in the show. Yep. Or maybe we don't. But this week, you are prepared to drop an official going up on Metacritic this afternoon score because yes. this is a scored podcast. When we do this. We are one of the very few podcasts, possibly the only podcast, whose coverage on uh, this this channel you're listening to qualifies for actual Metacritic scoring. So, Carlos, Carlos Rodella, yes. what is your official Metacritic score for this game we're talking about here? Tell us about it. It's exciting. I'm excited to give the score because I really want to help this oh, game because I really oh, enjoy it. Oh, it's going to be a high game. score. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Um, but I will say this before I give the score is I think that. The gameplay is super fun. I think there's a couple cons, which are the only thing that kind of like made the score go down a bit, which is the resistance and weakness kind of aspect of the, the game. The elemental stuff you said you didn't care for too yeah, much. Yeah, it just kind of was frustrating when I was already getting really like stronger and stronger and stronger, and that power curve is really good, I think. But then it would kind of get reduced a smidge when it comes to the weakness thing. Um, other than that, uh, there's a, the only other con was the Ubisoftness of it all, with the fact that there's like a ton of things to do, and you don't really have to do them. It's like a million things to unlock, but you don't have to. Um, gotcha. You know, it, that's not really even much of a negative. So I would say that the gameplay in general, super fun. Uh, all the different spells and the power curve getting stronger and stronger feels really good. And I think the story is very important and super helpful for people who have been depressed, who yeah, are... Yeah, you said it had some heavy themes, and it did some good coverage of that, right? I mean, it, it came at a perfect time for me. I actually recently told a friend about it, and, you know, you could tell that it affected him just hearing about the story. Yeah. You know, yeah. because a lot of us are feeling down and depressed and, um, you know, just having issues. And so I, I think that got... Uh, like left behind when it came to the the kind of clickbait articles that went yeah. up about nobody got past swearing. that first cutscene or whatever, so nobody delved any. Yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. about a, a woman who went through life, had a lot of uh, you know problems, and then at the same time, the game whole the whole game starts with her like not knowing if she wants to continue. You know, she's standing right, on a right. bridge and it's pretty rough. But the ending, minor spoiler, which is actually helpful for people that want to play the game, is all about this idea of redemption and. And trying and making a go at it and, you know, against all odds. So uh, this game is awesome and I really like it. And it's an 8.5. 8.5. All right. Excellent. I will mark that down. That is the official 
so video games podcast score that's going to go up on metacritic i'll get the write up this afternoon 8.5 that is a very respectable 8. score 8.5 yeah the only reason is just the sum of that because the world is so huge and because those weakness resistancing kind of comes in it just kind of slows down the progress of it all right gotcha, both of gotcha. those things mm-hmm. because if if those things weren't in the game in my opinion there's a sidebar i i probably would have been able to mainline the campaign quicker sure. right yeah. Uh, and that's all I wanted to do. And I really enjoyed the bosses and I really enjoyed the story parts. So that, that kind of just stopped it from being like a nine or 10 or something, you know, like, gotcha. So anyways, but yeah, a little, little more streamlining would have helped, but overall sounds like a very excellent experience that you recommend that you actually got me very excited about. I was only kind of like lukewarm on it. Um, although I did like the combat from the demo, but the rest of it kind of gave me pause. But after hearing you talk, I think I'm pretty sold. I'm going to try to get that uh, in my PlayStation as soon as I can. So, Well, let me say one more thing, though, because you just yeah. mentioned it. Um, and it's another important thing. Um, the combat in the demo is bad because they give you too many options, and it's too confusing. The way you play the game is you get you know these powers very slowly, and I think that's important to, to tell people. Once you do that, you start to figure out what you actually like to use. And even with the weaknesses and resistance, you most of the time can pick some of the things you just really like using a lot. So I like the melee and there's a melee option at some point. So yeah, I would just say that like, if you play the demo, the the combat can be a lot more uh, fun and, you know, specific to what you like playing. Well, I think that's great advice because I actually thought the the combat was great. I mean, it was a little bit confusing. They they put you in the middle of something, but I could kind of see the bones of it. And I'm like, oh yeah, this looks pretty cool. Although I don't quite know what I'm doing, but I, I kind of like the vibe. So that's great. It seems uh, like if you get in at the start, you'll get a a better better acclimated to what's going on, and you'll like it. And you can customize and stuff, which is uh, music to my ears. So this sounds yeah. like a win. Sounds like a win for sure. Super cool. All right, there it is. The official score for Four Spoken eight point five. All right, you ready to get on with the, uh, the main content of the show here, my friend? Yes, let's talk about some video games. Let's talk about, we've been talking about video games, but now we're going to talk about video games. Let's do it. All right, yes, let's talk about more video games. All right, Carlos, you're up first, sir. Fashion Police Squad. This is kind of a lighthearted skewing of first-person shooters where, I don't know what, like from what I can tell from the trailers, you're some kind of a fashion police officer and you're going around correcting people's fashion faux pas by <laughs> what shooting them with scarves and shoes and stuff, or like what? Tell us about this. Is that Sim- am I pretty on target? Somewhat like that. Yeah, okay. I call it Doom if it were about fashion. Okay, that's what it is. So it looks just like a kind of a, a Doom style game, pixelated graphics, but first person, uh, more modern. It's not as old school looking. Um, and I played the demo. I want to say going back to demos. Uh, on Steam, I think, a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it came out for console, and we were able to get a code, so I was very excited because I did ha- enjoy my time with it. And it's such a fun, smart kind of comedy game. And, the, you know, like I've t- said on this podcast a lot, it's hard to do that. Um, things that are just kind of light funny, you know, but also like it, it feels fun to play. Right. So you uh, play as um, a police officer, and you have like – you know, a whole squad that you talk to, like on the walkie-talkie or whatever it is, the intercom. What's the fucking thing? CB? I don't know. You're, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're that little shoulder communicator. <laughs> the thing little that thing you, have. you do yes, is police, yes, you know, whatever. And so you're always like contacting base about, you know, these kind of reports in the city. What's going on? There's bad fashion somewhere, and you've got to go take care of it. Um, and how you do is you have a gun. You start with a gun. Um, it's kind of like a shotgunny thing, and it shoots color at these businessmen who are in gray suits because gray is drab and not cool. 
So get you uh-huh. get them colorful and they're they're happy afterwards. And no one gets I don't think so far or anyone even the whole game gets killed. It's just that you're putting them back to how they should be, you know. They shouldn't be dragged. Are they attacking you? Like what are they are they just walking yeah, around? Yeah, they definitely do attack. So in the very beginning, let me walk you through this. There's like businessmen in, in gray suits, and that's your first thing. And you have to uh, you know, make them in color by shooting them, but they're shooting like uh, suitcases at you. So like that's the enemy bullets. Okay. Right? And you can like die, right? Like this is this you is can like die. combat. Yeah, right? yeah. It's okay. combat. It's still right. straight up combat. And then at some point you find people in like um, oversized suits. So their suits are su- too, way too poorly big. fitting suits. Poorly fitting. Yes. And so what you do is you shoot a different gun, and that gun is more like a machine gun, and that like fits them. So like sure. they're in a better suit. Of course. Then it gets weird, and this is the only part that's kind of a con is that I, I love that you're like it gets weird. It does. It, it gets started ac- weird, man. It's gonna get much weirder. So like one of uh, this one guy has. This is kind of a statement, too. One guy, uh, one of the characters... Is it a fashion statement? Well, it's kind of a statement statement. There's, like, uh, some guys who have, like, baggy pants, and their oh, butts no. are showing. Ouch. <laughs> and, you know, that's a thing that happens in the real world. Sure, and people sag. I get it. And it's sometimes it's, like, it's drip. Like, it's kind of, you know, it's what people want to have their vibe be. Yes. But in this game, they're making a statement saying, that's not cool. So I, I was like, whoa, it's getting political or something. Um, <laughs> so you shoot those. Oh, you don't shoot those people. You you have a melee uh, weapon, which is your belt, and you can whip them. And when you whip them twice, they pull their pants up, and they're fine now, which, hmm. again, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, maybe there shouldn't be any whipping involved in that. Maybe just give them a belt or something. Well, because you use the belt for other things, so it, it just oh, happens okay. to be the thing. And then here's the weirdest one. Uh, there's uh, tourists that have socks with sandals. Sure. Which is terrible, look. And you have to throw garden gnomes at them. Garden gnomes? How does that work? I don't know why. It's like, um, what's that game that I just played where you throw little, um, oh, come on, where you throw little, um, oh, High in Life, where you throw the little like monsters at people and they they yeah, run yeah. around with like AI yeah. and they just yeah. kill things. It's like that. Like the little garden gnomes just go and attack how does, the tourists. How does garden gnomes have anything to do with fashion? If anything, aren't they like really kitsch and, and, and corny and cheesy? I don't know why they said that that was the reason why we that do it. That feels like a breakdown in your theming there. It's weird. Anyways, but the only, yeah, and so this kind of continues in the only con of the game because I didn't play it a lot enough uh, in the demo is that you're constantly switching guns is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Right, you're constantly switching because there's so many different enemies of different types that it got a little tiring because I was like, I don't want to keep switching. Um, is every you, mob like really mixed up? Like you'll get like one each, and so you're constantly switching, yeah. switch, switch, switch. Okay. In the beginning, right, it's just like one level's one, you know, right. type of guy, and then so and oh, and there's these um, women that are flying around with baggy. Uh, they're actually like garbage bags they're wearing, and I don't know why that was the thing. Anyways, when you be like Hope Couture, like on the runway or something, I don't know. Well, speaking of runway, after you beat people or beat a level, uh, it shows a lot of those uh, NPCs and bad people, I guess, uh, walking the runway and they're like all fixed now, you know. Oh, gotcha. And so, anyways, it's kind of interesting and weird. Um, I think I like the demo more just because it was such a short experience. Yeah, now that I've like been in it for a while, I can start to see some of the flaws. Um, still enjoying it. But one more con is that they do swinging levels with the belt. Oh, okay. You know, like, like Spider-Man. Yeah. And if you land wrong, you die instantly. 
Cool. So, That's always a good time in any game. I, love I that. hate that in any yeah. game. And so I did this one <laughs> level like 70 times or something nuts. You know, I just oh kept God. like eating shit. So, man, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm ending up mixed on this game where there's so much fun and weirdness that I just described, but then there's also kind of some weird choices. How long have you put into this game? Do you have any rough idea of hours? Three, three and a half or something like that, maybe. I've done like five story missions, five campaigns or something I'd probably beat. Mm. So it's all the same. Nothing's, I've, oh, I've I've, uh, fought bosses, right? Uh, They've been a little annoying because it's one of those things where they throw about, you know, a million minions. Sure. And you can't attack them. The most them. annoying way to have a boss battle, sure. Yeah. Um, by the way, those bosses are, that's bullshit. Like, <laughs> fight me, you know? Yeah, exactly. Fight me, bro. Uh, so I don't know. know. I'm kind of mixed on it. I, I think I'm leaning still that I really like it because it's an interesting idea. And no one dies. That's a fun thing, right? So I guess technically nonviolent, I suppose. It is. Ish. Yeah, because no, everybody finishes and they're like, oh, thanks, dude. You know, you, you finish the match and you're like, um, I, I look better now. I feel better. Sorry about that, bro. <laughs> so there's okay. a win there, you know. All right. I guess. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. This seems it seems to me like maybe a joke, joke, quickie game stretched out to a whole game. I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not going to play this. So I'm going to follow your lead on this one. But uh, the fact that they brought in the garden gnomes makes me feel like they ran out of content too soon, maybe. So I don't know. I don't like the garden gnomes either. I don't know why that's the thing. But I will say that in general, I'm leaning towards that I like it. Um, I do think I kind of want the experience to be over already. You know, we always say, oh, like, man. have a shorter experience. Yes. Um, because there's a mystery and there's some interesting story stuff. But, yeah, I just don't want, like, levels and levels and levels of, like, switching guns and stuff all the time. So, I don't know. Right. I'm kind of torn. I think people should still check it out. It's definitely a demo. All right. Well, there you go. Fashion Police Squad. I believe it's on every single platform. I know mm-hmm. we, we reviewed it at Game Critics on PC. I believe it was Darren Foreman who reviewed that for us. Um, uh, and I think he had some of your same concerns. I think he came down on it a little bit harder than you did, but basically the same, uh, if I recall correctly, kind of a fun idea, kind of falls down a little bit in execution. But you can read his full thoughts at GameCritics.com uh, in addition to Carlos's full thoughts here. Um, so there you go. Fashion Police Squad. Yeah, right. maybe check it out. Maybe check it out. Check out the demo at least, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, I got a couple quickies here to talk about. The first one... Man, I'm going to say, I'm just going to spoil it. This is a very big disappointment for me because I was really, really excited for it. So you can't be excited. You can't be disappointed in something if you had no expectations, right? Like if it's a thing that shows up and either you like it, you're like, cool. And if you don't like it, you're like, whatever. But like the heartbreaking ones is where you see something, you're like, oh man, that looks like my jam. I'm so excited. You follow it for a little bit. You know, you see some good signs and then you play it and you're like, oh wait, this Mm. is... Yeah. So Roller Drama. This is the name of the the game. Roller Drama. This I looking at this pre-release, I thought this was 1000% my jam. You play the manager of a female roller derby team. And I'm like, yes, I absolutely want to do that. That looks amazing. And there's a lot of visual novel aspects. You are the house mom of I think it's five women who are on a roller derby team. And the artwork in this game uh, for the hand-drawn visual novel sections is fantastic. I love the style, love the energy. All the drawings are like really kinetic. You get a good sense of people's personalities through their, just the, the illustrations and stuff. It's really cool. So I'm like, okay, this looks great. I like the concept, visual novel, personality clash behind the scenes, and then you go do some roller derby. Fuck, I'm in. I'm so in, right? So it starts 
kind of bad and it kind of just goes downhill from there um you begin the game and they just they just don't really start well like it's really an unconventional game and they don't really explain like what you're supposed to be doing so what happens is i'm playing it on the switch and this game is 50 percent fine 50 percent i can't even see it an ant would need a magnifying glass to see what's going on here because it's mm. so small like you can tell it was designed for pc because you get the 2d cutaway ant farm view of the house where all the people live and you can tell it would have been kind of small on a pc monitor where you're seeing the land the whole house like i think it's three or four stories everybody's got a room and people walk around the house so you can see side view like like the XCOM base or whatever you know and that would have been kind of small on a on a, a monitor on the switch it is microscopic um some of that stuff going on is just so small it is painfully small uh, but then it goes back to being okay. Like when you get to the, the character portraits, it's great. Like it looks fine. And the text in that section is fine. And so it goes back and forth between being like eye-meltingly small and totally fine, which is really awkward and, and strange. But what you have to end up doing is you spend a lot of time walking around the house trying to do these quests rather than just talking to people. It'll be like the very first quest is like, oh, I have a, uh, a cat. My cat just died. And this is not a spoiler. I mean, it's like, it's literally the very first quest. You mm -hmm. do this in the first five minutes. My cat just died. And should I stuff it or should I not stuff it? And then you stuff it. And then somebody else in the house is like, well, I want that cat. And number one, this is just a really weird way to start the game because I don't even know what's going on. I'm thinking about roller derby. I'm thinking about personality conflict. I'm thinking about managing a house full of, of, of athletes. Yeah. And you're starting off with like a zombie cat thing. And I get it's supposed to be funny, but like, it's just a really oddball way of starting. And so what you end up having to do is like you watch the 2d cutaway view of the house for the person who stuffed the cat to leave the room. They leave the room and then you sneak into the room, steal the cat. And then you go to the room of the person who wants it and give it to them. And that's how you quote unquote, solve the quest. So mm. it's weird. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's really, really strange. And they don't walk you into it very well. And it's hard to look at because it's really tiny on the Switch unless you're on the, the dock mode. Um, it just was a really odd way of getting started. And some of the stuff that happens is just like, it just doesn't start you well. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be, how serious I'm supposed to be. I don't know what the ramifications of some of my choices are. And I just wish they walked you into it a little bit more of just like getting to know what this game is before you get into the thick of it, right? So that part was so, so 50-50. Like I was like, I like the, the vibe, the artwork, the concept. But actually playing it, I don't think, is really what I thought it was going to be. I was thinking of just more dialogue and more choices and stuff like that. Traditional visual novel stuff. And then you you do a bunch of choices and do a bunch of quests if you can, if you can figure them out. And then you go to do the roller derby part. And this is the part that I think fell down the hardest for me, where they don't explain roller derby very well. And I'm not a fan of... I mean, I, I know what it is in real life, but like I don't go to matches. Like I'm not a... I don't know the rules of real life roller derby, right? I'm just like, I see women on skates and they're punching the shit out of each other and that looks like <laughs> awesome to me right like that looks fun it's also like huge here in the pacific northwest yeah like we have a lot of yeah we do stuff yeah yeah the rat silly rat city roller girls is our yeah. local team um mm -hmm. and then we have a bunch of people from oregon and stuff and so like i'm not in that scene but like um one of my friends has a daughter in it and so we like watch one one time and you know it's cool like it seems like something that i would like but i don't know the rules and when you get to the actual roller derby part all of the cool artwork goes out the window. You go to these really generic looking, super low poly um, characters that are all just clones of each other. They're all just like red or yellow or something. It it's looks really so weird. I'm looking yes. at the pictures. Sorry to cut you off, but like no, they're no, chibi. Ahead, ahead. Like they're like yeah. 
chibi versions of like these really great illustrations yes it's not even i mean they just lose all of the artwork they lose all the vibe you can't tell anybody apart you don't know who's who yeah and then they're like oh one person's gotta skate around and then the other person have to block them and like the controls don't make any sense i'm like what's even happening like does my my stick work it doesn't work i'm not sure what's going am i steering this person i'm not sure if i'm steering and stuff's happening on screen and i don't exactly know what's happening and they're like the shoulder button for this move and this shoulder button for this other move. And I'm like, dude, you've lost me. You've lost me so hard. I don't understand this. And I lost my first match and I'm not even sure. I thought I was ahead and I thought I was going to win. And that's you lose. And I'm like, <laughs> why did I lose? I don't even know what happened. Right. And to be, to be perfectly frank. And I don't mean to be like, you know, um, armchair developer in the same van, like armchair quarterback. Right. But like, I feel like if they had stuck with the artwork and if it was on the the match, it would be so cool to be like, Take the personality conflicts and the choices you made, bring that to the roller derby game. And instead of having this really crappy looking low poly garbage going around this this circle, have it be more visual novel choices. Hey, uh, me and Susan had a big fight. Am I going to trust her to block for me when I'm going around the thing? Yes or no? Like, yeah. like do visual choices, you know, like and have it based on what you did. Have maybe um, relationship points. And you can't do a good team up if you didn't have enough relationship points from the choices before. Or you have to lose this time because you got mad at uh, Sandy or whatever and she doesn't have your back. Or, you know, like whatever, you know what I mean? But, but like visual novel, cool, like comic book style, like panels. Use the, the awesome artwork, which I think is this game's like biggest asset is the artwork. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like they just, oh man, it's just, it's like right on the edge of being something really phenomenal and awesome. But I just feel like some basic choices got made that to me don't work. Um, and I had a pretty miserable time with this, honestly. I was really, really disappointed because I was so excited. And it just it just does not come together for me. Dude, the, to add to the armchair developer, um, you're 100% right. I feel like if it was just a sim, like a straight sim. Yes, yes. When you get to the match, you're just watching it, right? Like That would be like, fine, too. Like that would be fine, too. Like football sim or whatever, yes, all those ones. Yes. It's like just do the really good visual novel. I'm kind of I'm looking at the pictures of the 2D house thing that looks a little weird too. Yeah. Um, but like the 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 novel stuff, the art looks amazing. Do that, the choices, and then when it gets to the match, just have it be a match, and you're not even controlling anything. That would be fine too. That yeah. would be fine too. Yeah. There's a there's a couple different ways they could have gone. I really dislike the way that they went. I think it just does not work. It doesn't make sense with the rest of the game. It feels really bifurcated in a way that just doesn't serve it. So that was just really disappointing. I was, oh man, I was so ready to love this one and I just I just really don't. I really don't. All right. so. That is roller drama. One more here for me and I'll kick it back to you. Dance of Death, Duloc and Fay. This one came out of nowhere. Um got a PR email about this and we got sent to code, so thank you very much. Uh this is a really weird out of nowhere throwback, um, but in a good way. It's basically a story of a guy, and he is with his partner. The guy is Duloc, and his partner is Faye. And at first, you don't know what's going on. Um, Faye is a dog that can talk, and Duloc is like a guy who seems to like be able to do magic or something. Like You're not quite sure what's going on. They throw you into like the middle of a situation, and you got to just kind of figure it out. But basically, you're in this like village in the snow. People are getting killed. you got to hurry up and get to the church. You get to the church, there's like this demon there. And then all of a sudden, it like the story starts rolling. Uh, but what this is, is a, it's an adventure game. It's a 3D adventure game, kind of a point and clicky sort of a thing. Kind of point uh, and clicky, but not, you don't point and click much, do you? Is it no, much you just walk, walk around. around. Yeah, yeah, you walk yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the point and click where you don't point and click. You just walk around and look at stuff. Yeah. You can switch back and forth between the dog and the guy. Um and really quickly, and this is not much of a spoiler, it turns out that you guys are people from the King Arthur legend, and you've been alive this whole time. 
Mm. Um, so there's a there's a story. I'm not going to get too far into it, but like you need to find somebody. You guys have been alive for like a thousand years, and so you're like really old and experienced, and you know secrets of the world and how the world is really magical and stuff. And so you talk to people. There's choices, um, but it's all very simple and streamlined. Like this is not super in depth. Um, it's not really complicated. Like you're you're kind of it almost feels like you're watching a movie. And you're just making little choices along the way to keep the movie going. But in this particular case, I feel like it works. I feel like it's really entertaining. The voice actors are great. They're awesome. Yeah, I was going to mention, do you know who they are? I know the guy is the guy who was on Torchwood, which I loved. His name is uh, Gareth something something, I Yeah, think. he's also Solus from who? Dragon Age. Oh, I didn't play Dragon Age. But... Oh, Gareth David Lloyd? Yeah, he's awesome. He's from yeah. Torchwood. I love that he, guy. Yeah. He voiced Solas or Solas or whatever from Dragon Age, which was a you know a big game for me. Sure, 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 sure. And then someone from Black Mirror, um, Alexandra Roach, mm-hmm. and then um, someone from Ready Player One. Uh, yeah, like, weeks. All the people, all the people who voice this are like legit actors who are really good at doing voices. They're not yeah. just. They're not just like big names. They they are people who work with their voices. And every cutscene and that's that's a big part of the appeal, right? Like listening to them talk is great. And listening to them go back and forth is great. Like it, it, that's if you're going to do a game, do it like this because this is entertaining, right? And they put a lot into the dialogue, the scripting and the performances. So that part is wonderful. And even though it's like pretty light on the actual like gameplay, I don't really mind because it's entertaining to watch. It flows pretty quickly. And hearing these people talk is like really pleasant. And mm. it's also like really magical King R3 kind of semi mystery sort of stuff. I just scratched the surface of it. I, I'm not super far into it. Uh, but so far, I feel like this is really, really cool. And it's, it's almost like finding like you go through your closet and like you go through like this big box that you haven't opened in a while. And you're like, oh, shit, look at this game from 15 years ago. I love this thing. You know, oh, like it's right. kind of that same feeling of like. It feels outdated for sure. It feels like a relic, but like an awesome one, like what, the one that you're really excited to find, right? Yeah. Like it's a good time, and even though it's not cutting edge in terms of graphics or technology, it doesn't matter because the content is really enjoyable. I think it's really delightful so far. I'm really looking forward to putting more time into it. So far, I think this is a big thumbs up. If you like that kind of you know light gameplay, but it's more about the characters, it's more about the mood and story, kind of reminds me a little bit of... Um, is it Broken Mirror? Is that that series that ran for a long time? Yes. Yeah, that's Broken definitely Mirror. more like an adventure game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But with a, like, a lot of emphasis on character and, yes. and dialogue and stuff. If you like Broken Mirror, I think you probably would like this one very much. Any of those like 90s adventure games where they just were, were more about the the back and forth, the romantic repartee, the kind of you know like dialogue performance. Good stuff. I think this is really cool if you are in the market for something like that. It's Broken Age, and it was by Double Fine. No, no, no. Not Broken Age. No, no. Oh. no. The other one. The one Broke. before that. I pretty sure it's Broken Mirror, where it was like a, a long-running series, and it was a guy and a reporter lady, and it was an adventure game, and they went on a series oh. of things. Let me. I don't know that one then. I know Broken Age from Double Fine. That's an adventure game. No, too, not but... Broken. Am I? Am I even? It okay, maybe I got it wrong. Name. I'm thinking. Of, okay, I'll find it. Okay. Oh, God, I thought for anyway. I'm glad you brought the show though, because as I'm looking it over, yeah, they won a bunch of awards as well. Um, yeah. The story was by a guy who wrote Arkham Knight, Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, which is interesting. But yeah, I mean, that kind of style of game, I feel like we should, I, I should probably play more of, you know, which is like a really good story. We just kind of play through it. Absolutely. So. God, it's going to drive me crazy now that I can't figure out. Okay, you, you talk about your next game. Okay. I will try to figure out what that game is because it's a very well known series from the 90s. 
and it's just it, it's escaping me right now. But anyway, go ahead. oh, I think I know what you mean too. Now that I'm seeing, what is it? I think it called? has the word broken in it, doesn't it? I feel like a broken broken sword. Broken, broken sword? sword. Broken sword. Let's try that. Broken sword uh, live on the game. podcast. Yes, broken sword. That's the thing. That's I'm thinking of. right. And I think I think I did play it a long time yes. ago. Yes, if yeah. you like the broken sword yeah. series. Very much like this. Now, this has a little bit less less puzzly, which I think is actually okay for me. Um, but that kind of vibe, you know, chatty, jokes, adventure-y, magic-y, pretty cool. I, I dig this. Check it out. Check it out. Broken sword. Okay, cool. Uh, now that I've thoroughly mangled our podcast with my, my no, fumbling and stumbling, uh, let's get back to you, Carlos, for a... An FMV game, you know, you like FMV, I like FMV. I think that uh, FMV is coming back in a big way, mostly thanks to, um, what is the name of the publisher that is currently escaping me? It is... Wales Interactive. Wales Interactive. Thank you. I love Wales Interactive. They're great. Um, Ten Dates. Ten Dates is here. The sequel to Five Dates. And I'm guessing there's going to (laughs) be... The next game is probably going to be... A hundred. Well, I was going to say 15. Oh, yeah. You know, By the way, I didn't. I didn't know that Five Dates was this before this. I didn't know that was a. I didn't know. That oh, you didn't that. see Five Dates when it came no, out? No, no, I didn't. Oh yeah, that came out and we reviewed it. I think it was. Uh, I want to say it was CJ that reviewed it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, CJ Salcedo, and I'm pretty sure he liked it a lot, which is kind of what put this on my radar. I haven't tried Five Dates. I bought it, and I haven't tried Ten Dates, but I will. So I guess you go on the dates for me and then let me know how it turns I out. I did. I already went on the dates. <laughs> how, did those, how did those dates go? Well, I'll tell you right now. Um, by the way, Wales Interactive, which we love. Um, for me, I think it started with The Complex. Yeah, I really enjoyed game. that one. Yeah, I love that one. Um, I remember playing Who Pressed Mute on Uncle Marcus yep. for the show. Yes. I didn't like that as much. I thought the acting was just okay. And I had, I had a pro- some of the problems with the acting. Um, we played other FMV games that weren't Wales Interactive, but there are yeah. I didn't play Five Dates, but this is the first kind of date one I played. And man, I just got to say right off the bat, the production of Ten Dates is the best version of an interactive game. Really, like Hands really down. high quality stuff. Hands down, it's it's like it's difficult to do FMV because you know not only just the choices, but um, what are you focusing on when it comes to the acting? What are you focusing on? When it comes to the transitions, it can be jarring, you know, right? Like the the acting can like come can across feel really choppy, yeah. weird, yeah. Um, and even with uh, who pressed mute, like that at, at times felt weird because like the the dialect or, or the way people were feeling didn't like transition to the next scene, you know. It's tough, yeah. yeah this yeah. one does it effortlessly, perfectly. Like I felt like the choices I was making, and I will get into those choices. And the ending and the outcome were what I, it's almost like I was playing a regular video game that wasn't an FMV game and like an RPG or something. And I know how it was supposed to end because I did all the right things, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I leveled up the right way. And then it, and that's it. So it's like nothing, that's a hard way to explain it, but like it just felt effortless the whole way through. And, and the cutscenes and everything that they did with the graphics just felt like just beautiful. Chef's kiss. So if I'm hearing um, you correctly, it feels like in the in a genre where it is very easy to feel like you are watching clips that are awkwardly stitched together if it's done poorly, you feel like you were playing a regular game, playing through a regular story, and all the clips came together and made it feel like one continuous, smooth experience. Yeah. Uh, and that flowed with your choices, right? Yeah, that's what I was saying, basically. Exactly. Uh, right, but perfect. let me explain why. So what the game is, and I think even with I'm looking at some of the screenshots with Five Dates, um, back to what I was saying with the production of it. 
Five dates seems like it's a lot of like webcam stuff where you're like yes. looking into, you know, your computer. Yes. This is a, you know, all the dates are in an actual space, right? Like it, the actors are in a place. Okay. And the whole idea of the the game slash, you know, uh, visual novel thing, FMV, is that you're going on speed dates. Okay. So you are with your friend and you can pick uh, the guy or the girl. So I picked the guy. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so you both are talking, you're best friends, and she like dupes you into going on speed dating with her. Like you thought you were just going to meet up with her, have a drink. And she's like, no, you're going to, you're going to go on the dates too. You're stuck. Interesting. Okay. So again, at that point, you're either the guy or the girl and back to the production side of things. There's like a host and the host keeps saying like, you know, you only have a few minutes left for each date. And he's like looking in both directions. So there's like two different rooms. So Whoever you picked, you know, the guy's looking at the guy or the girl. Gotcha. Again, just expertly done. And then, so the guy, as I'm the guy, you're making choices when you you meet each girl at the table. You're learning about them. You know, you have timed, basic timed, you know, choices thing. And then um, at any point, just like any of these games, you can check how you're doing with each date, right? You know, how their progress and stuff like that. Um, And then... You know, you're actually, um, you, if, if you're the guy or the girl, there's obviously differences. But what's interesting is that at some point, and again, I don't know, it flowed together perfectly for me. So I don't know if everybody gets this. But at some point, one of the dates that I was supposed to be on with the girl, she was gone. And so the host came over and sat down. And he's a guy. <laughs> and so you can see that you could have like went on a date with him. Interesting. Because okay. he's like he starts propositioning you about things and stuff. And so depending on where you go there, and I think there's an option where, you know, because you mentioned your best friend who's a girl, I think there's an option where you could have probably just bent with her. Uh, it just feels like that could have been an option Interesting. too. Interesting. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so I went on the dates kind of as me, even though it's an avatar, it doesn't look like me, whatever. Sure. But I picked choices that were kind of like tied to what I would think. And it was very interesting because, like I told you in text, like I'm just going back out there now, like yeah. in the real world and trying to, I would like to meet somebody, et cetera. So I was getting to go on these speed dates and, you know, kind of test the waters in that way. And um, it was interesting and just to like meet different people and each person, you know, each woman for me, in my case had like, you know, things that were not awesome, right? Like one girl had a pentagram on her, as a tattoo on her chest. And I was like, can I get past that? Maybe, you know, like, I don't know. Um, long story short, I will spoil the fact that I fell in love with this, uh, footballer named Tony. And Is this she, a soccer player or an actual football player? Like, like a soccer player. Soccer yeah. Player. Yeah. Okay. And she was so awesome and so down to earth and fun. And then when you, Again, all these cutscenes that happen. So, like, after you have a date, you go back and talk with your friend, and they do these great little cutscenes of like, you know, you're at the bar, and it's hard to explain, but the cutscenes are great in between. And you know, sometimes it looks like a phone, but most of the time it's like in person. I think that really helps. Like, it's like you know, people at a bar. Anyways, the long story short is, I I asked for a second date with that girl, and you go like onto your profile, like your dating app profile. Yeah. So it, so it couldn't feel more real. And I like liked some of her pictures, and then I asked her for a second date, and she said yes. Then we went on a third date, Ooh, and then serious. yes. And the spoiler is, I reached in for a kiss. By the way, she's a footballer, and she hurt her uh, ankle, mm-hmm. so she was in like a boot 
a lot of the dates, you know? Oh, like a, like a support, like a, yeah, support boot. And, uh, anyways, I reached over for a kiss and I I put my hand on her boot and it hurt her leg. Yeah. I did a faux pas there. Um, I slash the avatar. Anyways, it ended up perfectly. And then it didn't do like a cut scene, but it did like just text. And it said like, you ended up with Tony, you go and like support her at every match you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a picture of me and her, like at a football game. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. It just, it was, and again, it's hard to explain. And if they did it because, I don't know how they programmed it, but like every choice that I made seemed to make sense. You know, we've played these games a lot and sometimes you're like, well, I didn't really want that. Right, you know? right, right. Or that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. The only thing I didn't mean, meant, uh, mean, meant is uh, <laughs> I picked nerdy. Like, uh-huh. she's like, what do you like? And I'm like, I was nerdy in high school. But uh-huh. then he was like, I had a pocket protector and I was very smart. And I was like, oh, that wasn't me. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> nerd is a pretty wide definition. Right. There. So they only fucked up that one thing. But everything else was so right on. Like, the, you know, I, I, I know I'm spending a long time on this, but it, because it's, I, in my opinion, my favorite FMV. Because, really? yeah, okay. yeah, easily. Because, wow. All the different dates I went on, when I like, kind of didn't like what they liked or I didn't like something when I was going back and telling my friend about the dates, all the things he said was exactly how I felt. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's so weird. It's like, yeah, I kind of like some of the stuff about the studious girl and I like a nerd myself, but I didn't like that she was reading her book all the time and blah, blah, blah. And he said that to my friend and I was like, yeah, that's what I meant. It's like, I can't believe they pulled it off. So you know me, I like things as canon. I will never play this game again, unfortunately. <laughs> I love you, Wales Interactive, but I play games once. So that was my story. But I highly recommend anybody who's ever wanted to play FMV, check this out. So it's good to hear that because um, I remember in CJ's review of Five Dates, that was kind of one of the things he mentioned was going on the dates was fine. And he liked the game. He gave it a good review. Um, but he said that chatting with his virtual friend after a date was one of the high points for him because it really captured how he felt about the date. And like, you know, talk like debriefing with somebody afterwards was one of the, the best things that game did. And it sounds like they've got that unlocked. It seems you're kind of echoing that same sentiment there. Yeah, it's so smart. I know they're doing it based on numbers, right? Because if you look at the like how you did with the date and like, you know, um, what is it called? Like story options you open and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. They can do that, which is smart. But it just feels really natural. Like, and the interface is great. And again, it's shot like on location, which is helpful. And I like the fact that they like offered up a guy and guy choice. I'm hoping they, they probably did that with the women as well, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just felt like it was so open ended to what I could do. I could probably even date my, you know, best friend or whatever. But, and then I found someone that I actually liked too. And that was like, oh man, I got to go out in the real world and do speed dating, I think. Um, cause I had a good time with it. It was weird. Interesting. interesting. I would be very curious. I know that you'd like the Canon playthrough and I'm basically the same way, but I mean, this seems like if you like to go through something again, I mean, it seems like there's obviously lots of choices, maybe several different people of one gender, several different people of another. Yeah, mm-hmm. You can switch who you are. I mean, I would be curious to see how far into it leans into the, like, you know, uh, lesbian or gay options. Maybe I, I haven't done like no research on this game at all. Just what you're telling me here, but it would be interesting to see how far they went with this. And this seems like, I mean, everything you're saying sounds great, and I love uh, I love FMV games, and I love Wales Interactive, and I definitely think I'm going to play this one. And it was just, like I said, a perfect time for me because I'm like, 
yeah, I want to go get back out there. And this is like, I could virtually do it, you know, for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't recommend this enough. And also, uh, I will send you a wedding invite to Tony and I's <laughs> upcoming uh, wedding. We're not rushing it, but, um, you know, we're talking about it. Well, how are you going to break the news to Pan Am? Oh, that's right. Oh, well, there might be an option for us. <laughs> I can, I can, I can talk to her about it. I don't know. She's pretty open. Might we'll be see. swinging a poly thing here. We'll see. We might. Yeah, Pan Am and Tony. Carlos might have his cake and eat it too. Well, they might have their cake and eat it too. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, it sounds like ten dates is a winner. You would say it's a winner, yes? Yeah, I almost want to score it just because it's so fucking good, man. It's I mean, like you can go ahead, go for it. I don't care. It's a nine. It's a nine in interactive. Really? Wow. Wow. It gets nothing wrong. That is a good. Wait, nine is a high score. Let's give it an eight. Let's give it an eight. Sorry. I I was speaking from my passion for Tony. I can hear the PR person frowning in real time right now. Oh. It almost was. Well, because it can't be. I I, I had to be realistic. That's why I don't normally score in the same episode. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. No, that's I, fine. No, that makes I sense. am going to say eight, though, because it is a okay. perfect FMV. Like, it doesn't do anything wrong. I just can't go nines and tens because that's like Elden Ring territory. I don't know. Yeah. It's these epic games for me. So, it I, mean, is, I think eight is perfectly respectable, dude. That's perfect really FMV. All right. There we go. We will shoot that one over to Metacritic as well. Yeah. Carlos is on a roll. He's Two scoring scores. games left and right, folks. There Let's keep go. going. Let's get one more. Throw that's, another one on there. Let's is see it what, you or me now? It's next? me. It's my okay. turn. Um,. I'm going to talk about a very interesting game called Seven Days to End with You. Uh, this is on the Switch. I believe it's also on PC, I believe. Don't quote me on that, though. Really interesting approach. This is a game from Japan that just got uh, translated. Uh, I don't know about localized, but I feel like it got translated. Um, and this is a really strange one. It is kind of a... what are the, I'm not even sure what kind of genre this is. Like the deduction genre, I guess? Uh, where... You have to just figure things out based on clues. And there are a couple of the games in the genre where like the main point of the game is figuring out words or language or trying to put things into like a logical sense if you don't know that language. Um, so basically you start the game, you wake up. Uh, it, is, it is a first person visual novel and you wake up and there's a woman above you and she's speaking a language that you don't know. And, and the text shows up on the screen and it's like weird symbols, you know, like square and squiggly line and circle and whatever whatever like you have no idea what she's saying right and mm-hmm. you're like oh gosh who am who am i where am i what's going on how come i don't know the language of what's happening here and so she you know blah 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 blah, whatever and then she like leaves and so you're exploring this house that you're in um you cannot leave the house but you're in your room and it looks basically normal there's like a desk and books and stuff you know stuff that you would see in a room you can leave the room go downstairs there's like, you know, just regular wood, nicely looking wooden house. The lady's in the kitchen. She's chilling in the kitchen at the table and you can talk to her if you want. And she's just like, blah, 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 blah. And you can't understand what she's saying. Um, you can click on things throughout the house uh, and you can get feedback on those things. So, for example, you can click on a book like like you and I would look at this and we obviously know it's a book. It's a book because it's a bookshelf. It's got pages. We know it's a book. You click on it and like three quote unquote words will come up, but they're all symbols, right? And so you're looking at this like, okay, well, I clicked on a book and I see these symbols pop up. Okay, well, that's fine. I'm going to keep that in my memory. And then I will click on the rug. And then you click on the rug and then three other word-like things come up. And you're like, okay, are any of these the same or any of these different? Oh, okay. You know, so you're trying to figure out by process of elimination and by process of comparison, 
what do these words mean? And there's a pretty cool interface for it, actually. I do like the interface where you can go into this menu at any time. There's a list of words uh, that are in the foreign language. And below that, you can click in text. And this is on the Switch, so it's pretty easy to put in text. And you can just say, well, I think this word means this. And you type it in in English. And then every time that word comes up again in the game, it'll have your English subtitle below it. So it's I'm not saying that that's correct, but I am saying if you think that's what it means, you plug it into the game, the game will spit it back to you. And that's a pretty good way of figuring out, am I on the right track? Did I understand what this meant? Did I pick the right word? Um, oh, wait, but it won't tell you if you're right? No, it does not. It does oh, not. interesting. So there's never any right. The only Okay, so so there's that. That's what the most of the game is. Every once in a while, you'll get a dream. So seven days. The game is only seven days long. I didn't finish it, by the way, full disclosure. Uh, at the end of each day, you go to bed and you have a dream. And in this dream, uh, that is the closest you ever get to definitively knowing what a word means. Because they'll show you a picture of something. And they'll be like, how did this picture make you feel? And they give you like, I don't know, six choices or something. If you click on one and it's the right one, it'll go, yeah, that feels right. And that's the one thing you get. If you click on the wrong one, it'll go, nah, that don't feel right. But then you don't get to change it and they don't tell you what it is. So oh, if you guess it, they'll confirm it, but they will not They will not tell you if you get it wrong. And that's all. You don't get any other words. Like for the entire rest of the time you're playing, it's just about plugging things into the matrix, clicking on things more, having the game spit the word back to you, and then you in your brain saying, does this make sense or does it not? Hmm. So it's really, really interesting. But I had a couple of problems. Number one, uh, it's difficult. It's really difficult. Um, I struggled and I... I think a big problem that I didn't I didn't think of this on my own, but somebody another reviewer after I, I got done with the game, I read some other reviews to see what other people said. One very astute person said, we think that the problem or a problem with this game is that this is uh, a Japanese game at heart. And so some of the concepts that work in Japanese don't necessarily translate over to English. And I'll tell you, for example. Uh, so like when I click on a book in my English brain, I would want to see one word that says book, right? Uh, but when you click on a book, it's like three words. And I'm like, well, what? OK, so are you telling me big red book? Are you saying book red big? Are you saying big, you know, like like what order are we going in and what words are you even saying to me? Are you saying fascinating adult novel? Are you saying like what? Like, I don't even know what you're saying. Yeah. And so this kind of made me think of like when I was I have two dogs um, and when I train my dogs, I do a lot of dog training when I'm in the mood. And when I when you talk to a dog, you can't give it a whole sentence. You got to say one word. So one word, one thing I'm working with with my my white dog Paisley, I'm like I want her to beg. She she kind of does it automatically. Uh, she learned it kind of on her own, and I wanted to support that she does this cute little begging thing. So you don't say Paisley, I love it when you beg. It's so cute. Please keep begging and stand up on your hind legs and do this whole thing because the dog just hears blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You have to say beg. And then the dog keys in on beg and then they get it because their doggy brain can learn one word at a time. So I felt like the dog in this situation where someone's like, blah, 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 by giving me three words at a time. And I don't know which one is the key one. And I don't know which one the one I'm supposed to look for is. And there's so many options. I don't even know how they're describing things to me. So like, I felt like it should have been broken down more simple. At, at the very least, there should have been more items where there's only one word for that item. So for example, I looked at the rug. There's a rug in the hallway and I'm like, okay, this is a rug, but is it a rug? Is it a carpet? Is it a throw rug? Is it a wool rug? Is it a red rug? Like, how are you describing it? Are you even saying rug? Am I not even right on a rug? Is it a mat? Mm-hmm. Is it a pad? Like, what are we doing? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with green wool rug. Cause that's what it looks like to me. Plug that in. 
and I go to talk to the lady. She's just like, blah, 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 blah. I don't get it. Nothing, nothing matches. I go to click on like a plant and then so all of a sudden like wool rug comes up and I'm like, what? Fuck. Okay. So that was totally not right. What is, what is this potted plant have in common with this rug? I mean, maybe green, but green is not where I think it would be. And I just like, it, it was really, really difficult for me to put anything together. Yeah. And I think that's part of the gameplay. And also from what I gather, you finish the game based on whatever you do. And if you figure it out, great. If you don't figure it out, great. The game ends after seven days and whatever experience you had, you take from it. That's, that's what you get. So I, I like the concept a lot. Okay. Because it is different. Mm-hmm. And remember that mm-hmm. game we played that actually took real time in days or a year or whatever the it was longing was it the yeah longing? yeah something like that i yeah. think that's it uh you know it's that thing where you go wait that's the game you know it's so I like, weird yeah i love that but if i'm looking at all the reviews they're echoing what you're saying which is um you know the translation choices from japanese because you know when you're able to speak japanese this might just be a easier game for you to play because it seems like the syntax they're saying and the habits yeah, yeah. and speech patterns match up better um, so it might just be if you if you're Japanese or understand Japanese, it's easier for you to play this game. I would, That's what I would it sounds so. like. I would guess so because this didn't make sense to my English brain. Yeah, right, your English brain. So it's almost like hard to review it in that setting. But if they're trying to get everybody to play it, then yeah, they could have made some changes. But it's such a cool concept, though. Yeah, it's really cool. I just wish they'd have at least a few more gimmies or something. Just you got to right, give me like yeah. some easy ones so that I know what to work from. Yep. Um, they were just, they just don't give anything to you. And I get that's part of it. Like they want it to be mysterious and, and, you know, I guess if you don't figure it out, you don't figure it out. And that's the experience you had and that's cool. But I just found it was really difficult. I found it really frustrating. And every time I thought I made progress, it turns out I didn't make progress. And so I just, uh, I didn't stick with it. So anyway, seven days to end with you really fascinating, maybe not satisfying to me, but maybe other folks would love to really, you know, wrap their brains around this one and see if they can puzzle it apart. But anyway, there you go. That is that one. Carlos, back to you for something I know nothing about. Ringlorn Saga? Is That's that right? it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from a developer named Grave Robber Foundation. Wow. That's pretty hard. That, that name goes real hard. Wow. It does go hard. I, I just looked at their Steam page, and they have a bunch of uh, indie games they worked on, actually. A bunch of little ones. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I found this because of a reviewer, I think on YouTube. Um, I might have seen the... The picture on, you know, in the PlayStation, I think I'm playing PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, homepage or something of new games. Then I went to YouTube and I kind of asked somebody what it's about. And uh, apologies for the YouTuber. I, don't, I forgot who it was, but they were basically saying like, this is an old school, like Nintendo type game. That's an RPG, like, you know, Final Fantasy, et cetera, uh, or even simpler, kind of like early Ultima, which I love. And it was kind of a throwback to a game where they don't really tell you much and you just kind of go do stuff. And for some reason, I'm kind of in that mode. Um, old school RPG, mm-hmm. just don't tell me much. I just want to go in. And uh, I, I'm always chasing the Elden Ring experience, which is the, let me just go and do stuff, you know? But anyways, it's old school graphics. Nintendo looks like Final Fantasy. And it uses the, the uh, mechanic of Ultima, and I guess maybe other RPGs, where you just bump into things. Ease. Oh, the bumping combat? Ease. Yeah, yes, ease. ease. Is. Yeah, yeah. And normally... I wouldn't love that, but, you know, I play a lot of involved RPGs, and one that I'll talk about on the show, and there's very many buttons, you know? So it's nice to just kind of, like, every once in a while, I'll go back to old school. Uh, so this it's a short game. I haven't beat it, but I'm, 
I guess in quotes far. Um, but it is a short game. It's one story, which is you're going to go find your father and a bunch of other warriors that took off into this town, um, protected by some barrier. And you're just kind of find out where the, what happened to them. There's a huge tower spoiler. They're probably in the tower. Sure. <laughs> what perspective is this game? You, I think it's I just it. 2d final fantasy. Like, final, you know, okay. look gotcha. down. It looks like final fantasy. This is like sprite graphics or yeah. Yeah. Graphics? Pixel graphics. Okay. Gotcha. And they do this really cool thing, which is, which you can turn off, but I kept it on the CRT monitor, you know, effect. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. I turned. Well, it off. I, here's the reason why I loved it, especially for this. So it was like Saturday morning. Um, I wanted to play something simple, RPG, go back in time to Nintendo. And they just, that's what this did for me. You know, I turned my TV on, put it on the CRT mode. And, you know, the, 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 um, I could read everything. It wasn't like, you know, the text was too small or something. And it just felt like I was playing an old, like Zelda game where even with Zelda, the original Zelda, I didn't know what to do. You mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, you're like, oh, I got a sword now, I guess. Um, and I think that's what they do pretty well. It's like, I'll give you a perfect example. So, you know, the, the basic story is you're going to figure out what happened to your dad. But it's overworld, run around, go into towns, talk to people. Uh, again, bump up against them to talk to them. And then fight monsters in the overworld. They're all, you know, spawning all the time, right? So there's not random encounters. You just see them and then you can attack them. And then you go into dungeons and level up and that's it. There's two interesting mechanics. One... Um, there's, so there's bats and slimes and different kind of monsters around and you have different ways to attack. So you choose if you want to do a slash, a bash or a stab, I think, and you're choosing <laughs> that's that. a crash. That'd be better. And a crash, a slash, a bash and a crash. Yeah. Um, and you're choosing those. And then whenever one you have set, when you bump up against a person, that's the one it's going to do. Right. Okay. okay. So certain enemies respond better. You know, you can damage more. Sure, uh, sure. weaknesses things. and stuff. Yeah, but I found on my own because they don't tell you anything about anything, which is great in this game. Uh, I just found on my own that if I attacked from behind, I just did more damage, right? Sure. Uh, or sure. even from the side. So I started attacking from the side, and it did more damage. And so I kind of felt good on my own that I found out that if I bash the crabs, they take more damage, and if I stab the slimes, it takes more damage, and if I do that from behind, it takes even more damage. Gotcha. Um, and then if I don't let them head on touch me, I might not get hit. But if I do, I, you know, I don't know. I might get hit really hard. So that there was that strategy that I liked. But this is the best part, and this is the selling point of the game. Because they don't tell you anything, it's like just going to people and talking to them. But it's that old school talk to them a bunch of times thing. Oh, yeah. You got to exhaust the dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any exhaust, though, because I've, I've – I've, done it a lot to a lot of different people and got well, they just new talk stories. for infinity or what yeah like there's a lot AI of stories like, yeah filling in the dialogue for you or something there's a ton i just i haven't i feel like talked to a lot of people so here's what happens at some point you see something on the overworld it's a thing you have to dig up with a shovel so i went to the store the only store and i go hey do you have a shovel and he's like it's by the way some of these people are pretty combative he's like no fuck off like <laughs> i don't think he said fuck off but he basically did he's like no i don't have a shovel do you see a shovel there's no shovel. Is there a shovel in my store? No. So I was like, damn, you, you're an asshole. So I leave and I go back to the bar just randomly. And there's a bard and he's telling stories, you know, they're singing stories. Mm-hmm. So I listen to one. It's nothing. I decide to listen to him again and hear another story. And there's a story about a girl who falls in, lo- uh, in love with a guy who 
is a gravekeeper or like a cemetery guy and he owns a shovel you know and then he and the story's about the woman that dies or something mm-hmm. and it's a sad story but it, it said where he lived in so the, the story. story was your clue like if the, you would listen yes. to the song you would know where to go against yeah, yeah yeah so now i was like okay i have to go to the to the west and find the guy who has a shovel who's the grave guy so i just like that kind of thing it was kind of fun to be like oh i just deducted it on my own uh, that's it i mean it's just a fun simple game i i, I kind of dig it like in this world of like tons of buttons and tons of complicated you know mechanics uh sometimes it's nice to go back to this kind of thing yeah, right on. I mean, that kind of like summarizes uh, one of the reasons why I like Vampire Survivor so much. You literally use just the left stick. So right, yeah. Sometimes I think the game can be fun without using every button on the controller. You know, there's some shared DNA there. You know, yeah. It's yeah. not like frenetic action pack like that. It's more of a strategy kind of thing. Sure. But I just like its simplicity. So just simmering it down to the core experience. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's also like eight dollars. Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah. Right. So I, it's like, and then it was on sale. I think again, PlayStation having sales or something. So I was like, oh, can you afford $5 or something? Yeah. Um, just barely. Anyways, yeah, I think uh, it's it's a winner for me. I think people should check it out. Right on. And that is Ringlorn Saga. You're playing it on PC, I assume? Uh, no, I'm PlayStation. PlayStation. Okay, even better. It's also right on. on Steam as well for $8 right now. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, check that out. That sounds like a check it out, right? Check it out. Check it out. All right, good. Let me talk for a minute here about Nadir, which you and I both played the PC demo for a while ago. Uh, this is the really dark, um, I don't know, like heavy metal rock and roll cover album art style skulls and blood and devils. Um, it looks really cool. Like it's really the artwork goes hard, which I think works for it. And it's a deck builder where you play a person who is in hell and you were descending into the circles of hell. You remember we played this one a while ago? I do. I forgot that you're... I didn't know you were going to bring it back. It's a roguelike deck builder, but I, I didn't like the 3D space. Yes, I agree. That's what I remember about this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some issues with some of the demo. I think some of that stuff was placeholder. I played a uh, quote-unquote finished version. Um, it just came out of early access. By the time we're recording, I want to say maybe like four or five days ago. It released on Switch as well. Um, and it also has like the similar finished but also at the, as soon as you boot up, boot up the game it says oh this game is a work in progress and we may be changing things and i'm like don't don't tell me that don't tell me that on the switch that's not what mm. i want to hear um so they say it's finished but also they also do the whole finish but maybe sort of thing which does not inspire me with confidence anyway i was really keen on this one because i love the artwork i think it looks just fucking badass every screenshot is just like you can hear the heavy metal guitar in the background, just like oh yeah, killer riff, right? Like so, it looks really cool. I love deck builders, I love roguelikes. We all know this. Um, so I'm playing this quote unquote more finished version, and I think it's definitely better than the demo that we played for sure. Um, some of the instructions are more clear. Some of the assets are a little bit better. Some of the uh, presentation, it doesn't look as cheapy 3D as it did. They changed that up a little bit, which was nice. Um, but I still have some problems with it. So. Basically, for those who didn't hear us talk about the demo, the, the first person you start with is Joan of Arc, who is dead and she's in hell. And her buddy is Sigmund Freud, who is also dead. And he is like a skull that floats around and kind of gives you advice. All this is 2D hand-drawn artwork. So there's not a ton of animation. It almost, in a way, kind of sort of reminds me of Darkest Dungeon a little bit, how there's not... There's not animation, but they go back and forth between frames in a certain way, so it like looks like animation. Mm. Um, Darkest Dungeon does it better. It looks like more impactful. Here, it just looks like it's kind of unfinished, which is kind of a bummer. Um, 
But basically, it's a deck builder. And the thing that's really cool about this is every card has a top and a bottom. So there's a pretty intricate system. I'm going to try not to get lost in the weeds. But like basically, enemies have cards that have I either a top or a bottom. But your cards have a top, top and a bottom. Um, I know that maybe sounds confusing. But basically, you can only play your top or your bottom if it matches up with how many tops or bottoms the enemy is showing. Um, it's a long way of saying, basically, you can't play any card you want at any time. You have to be strategic. And if you want to play a good card, you have to manipulate the enemy into playing their cards so that when they have played their hand, their hand matches your hand, and then you can play your card that you want to play. That's super confusing. I get it. It's really confusing. It's not as confusing as that once you start playing it, but it is still a very complicated system that requires a lot of extra thinking that you don't normally find in a deck builder. So, yeah. Did any of that that I say make fucking sense at all? I know that was like... It does, but right? I remember playing it, and it's like impossible to really explain it. You have to just play it. I yeah, mean, it's tough to... Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the concept is, if, you, if you've if you played other deck builders before, you can like plan in advance of like what you're going to do. And in yeah. this one, it just feels like, you know, oh, I, I guess I can do this with this card, you know? Yeah. It's more of a, it, yeah. Yeah. It requires a little bit more forethought than the normal deck builder. And it's really, it's really complicated. I think that, um, I, I like what it's doing. I like the concept, but I think my main problem with Nadir is that it just feels unfinished overall. Um, it feels like the assets are not, uh, as polished as they should be. Um, I feel like the UI is not as good as it should be. For example, um, when I'm going into the deck building interface, when you move the cursor, the screen like jerks around and then it makes you your eye lose where you're looking. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, I'm on this other. I'm, I'm going to look at this card. I'm going to see if I can upgrade it. And I move the cursor and then the screen jerks. And I'm like, oh, where am I? I, I lost it. Where'd it go? It's over here. OK, so that's like a little thing that can be fixed when you're in the battle. Um, because this system is so complicated, it needs to have a better system of highlighting what's going on. I mean, I don't know that how, I don't know how you'd even do this, right? Like I'd have to be like on the development team and work on this for like six months, but like what, what they've come up with is okay. But I feel like um, it's better than it was, but it still doesn't quite feel intuitive. At no point was I, I wasn't ever flowing through it like naturally and just, it didn't really come easily. So that was kind of difficult as well. And I think like, as you're going through the levels, um, every time you win a battle, you go down a level in a circle of hell, which is cool. Um, it just feels like really limited. They're like, there are shops and there's upgrade stuff and there's other little stops you can make like that are very common to the deck building routine. But like, it seems like they tell you you can do those whenever you want, but you can't. You have to do them after a battle. But then sometimes I don't want to do it after a battle. Sometimes I want to be strategic and go to the shop first. And they couldn't do that for some reason. So there's all these little weird rough edges to it that just don't feel great like i love the artwork i love the concept i love how like dark and black it is and hell and demons and all this stuff is very cool um i like the vibe but it just needs a lot more ui work um a lot of ux work it just needs some polish it feels very lacking in the polish department it feels like it needs six more months in the oven where all they're going to do is add animation add proper um you know highlighting and signposting uh like for example like when you win a battle Nothing happens. You win the battle. It goes black and you're back to the main screen. You don't even get like a, you win. You know, yeah. the first time I won a battle, I'm like, what, what happened? Did I lose? Did I win? What, uh, what, what's going on? You know? And like, like that, it's a very simple thing, but it makes the game feel so much better and more fun to play. Like, you know, little victory screen, you see your enemy go down, you feel good about it. Um, it just, it just really quickly gets into the weeds of like, you don't know why you're doing a lot of this stuff. You don't know what the upgrades are for. Um, it just needs more polish. I love, I love the core of it. I think there's a really good thing here, 
it just needs more polish and it's just not there it's a really rough play all right yeah i'd love the dark outline graphics or artwork it's awesome uh, I think I felt that same way when I played the demo. Was it the demo or early access or whatever we played? Yeah, it was the demo. Yeah, it just yeah. felt like I was going to the next screen, you know, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And, and most people, you know, need that dopamine hit of something to like yes, exactly, exactly. continue on. And I was like, I don't know if I'm doing well. But um, anyway, still very interesting. I do like the the style a lot and the concepts. Yeah, it's better than it was when we played it before, but it's not where it needs to be. And I really hope that they keep working on it because I think there's there's really something cool here. It's just it's just not polished enough yet. So, all right. Anyway, one more game to talk about. Oh, before we do to... that, real quick, oh, a tangent off yes. that. I yeah. feel like, and I know you're gonna say no right away, but I think no, it's, Carlos, no. I think at some point it'd be really cool after years and years of talking about games if you you worked on some sort of game. Because of all the different things you don't like, nah. right? I don't know. Nah, It'd be I'm not really interesting. Nah. If someone who wants to hire me as a consultant, yeah, I will creative, maybe a creative consult, director yeah. or something. Creative you know director, to, yeah. Yes. Well, that's all you I'm saying. Bring, yeah, I would do that. Like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you hired me to look at your game and you took my honest feedback, your game would be a better game because I know Whoa. what's wrong. That it's just fact, dude. It's just fact. You play games wow. for forty fucking years. You write about them for forty fucking years. You, I mean, I, I've, I've probably played 10,000 games, if not more than that, dude. And it's like, okay, you know, you know, you just know after a while. Here's how we can do it. Because it might, I mean, you could also be a creative consultant, whatever. Generally, sure. if, you're, if you're creative uh, side on a game, you have to have experience of doing it for a gazillion years. I know that. But I make video games. Uh, I've only made three. Um, and I can make them very quickly, though. They're the short indie games. I could make something and then give it to you and go... Brad, how do I fix this? How do I make sure, it good? I, I can easily do that for you. But oh the my problem, goodness, let's do it. The problem with that is that th- this is this is what happens. I, so I've done this. I have not done this professionally, never. But I have talked to developers. You, you're in the game for a while. People talk to you. They want your feedback. I've done mock reviews. I've done pre-release consulting. I've talked to people about this. And this is what happens every single time. Someone shows you a game. You give them your honest feedback. Hey, this is cool, but this isn't this. The number one thing they immediately say is, well, we didn't have the budget for that, so we're not going to fix it. Right. Okay, well, it's still wrong. Well, we didn't have the time for that. We had to prioritize. Okay, but it's still a problem. Well, okay, we did, you know, like it's it's inevitably people who already are who already know it's a problem but are not going to fix it because of time or constraints or manpower or whatever, person power. And then the and then the game ships, right? So they're like, we had to make a choice. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm still going to ding you for this because I don't like it as a player and I I get that we all have realities to deal with. We all have a budget. We all have time. We all, there's only so many people in the studio. I get it. But, I mean, it's frustrating to give somebody that feedback. They don't act on it. And then, I mean, it just doesn't get better, right? It happens okay. all the time. Well, we got you covered here because I'm going to make an indie game in Construct. It's There's going to be no budget, okay? And no the budget only, and a team of one. Yeah, and the only budget constraint or, or the thing that I would go back on if you said something like, this is all wrong or whatever, it's just time, right? Right. That's right. the only con- uh, the constraint. So let's do it as a, as a test. I think it'd be really <laughs> fun because I've been wanting to make a game again. Sure. Um, and it, it is, I do make them pretty quickly. So anyways, that's a tangent. We're going to do it. Uh, and let's talk about the last game. Yes, the last game. And, and by the way, I'm dead serious. If anybody out there wants to hire me for a consultant, I guarantee you will make your game better. You just have to do what I say and it'll be better. So Nice. And go. they still might. Yeah. They might. Who knows? I'm for hire. I can definitely do some freelance shit. Okay, Elder Scrolls Online, which came out, 
I don't even know, like 10 years ago or something. It feels um, like it came out a long time ago. I should look up the date when it came out. It was a while ago. But it's been long running this whole time. Like it's been it's been a thing. Lots of people playing it. Lots of updates. I get an email. I feel like at least once a quarter about, hey, there's a new thing in ESO. And I'm like, cool, I'm not going to play it. But I'm glad you guys are successful. Uh, but you got into it or back into it? How did yeah. you... Back which, into which it. One? Back yeah. into it. It came okay. out in 2014 for everybody listening. Oh, yeah. Almost um, 10 years. Exactly. But they just recently at what what, what show was it? Um, they talked about the new update that's coming in the summer, I believe. Okay. Um, hold on. I'm just type, type in update. Um, nope. It's not right there for some reason. It's called, I think it's called Necrom or something. Uh, anyways, this Necron, new, Necron, Necron. Yeah. yeah, there's a new character class. There's new stuff, new stories. But um, the other reason it came up, I think it was the, the Xbox Direct, where they said if you uh, subscribe, which I haven't yet. I'm, it's, for, it's a free game, right? Elder Scrolls Online, MMO yes. type RPG using Bethesda's Elder Scrolls. But if you do subscribe uh, for like $10, $15 a month, you can have access to every DLC they've ever done. Now, some of those DLCs are straight up Skyrim. Like Skyrim's one of the DLCs, right? Oh, interesting. Wait a minute. So like if you jump in for free, all the stuff that they've added to the game is not there. They section that off? No, it's still kind of there. It's hard it's hard to explain. It's there's this huge map and you can go pretty much anywhere. And um but like certain storylines and certain abilities too are tied to the DLC. Um it's weird because some even items I've found uh, they I can't use them or can't even buy them because I don't have the DLC. Uh, but in general, it doesn't affect you at all. There's a main quest, okay, for the MMO that's free, part of the free uh, thing. Uh-huh. And based on your character class, like, so where you start is like, you know, you do one main story that everybody does, which is like you kind of die and then come back to life. And then you're in this like land that you picked based on your character. And in that world, you can do whatever you want. You know, all these storylines are open and just kind of uh, mess about. And then um, the other DLC stuff, again, are these kind of extra missions you can go on. But the free version right now gives you um, this town called Vardenfall or whatever. It's an elf yeah, town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that world, this is going to be kind of a confusing review, Vardenfall. In that world, which was, it basically starts you off in whatever the newest like expansion you bought. But because it's free, it gives you that. And so I just started there. I, did, I forgot the main quest. I didn't do it. And I was like, oh, this is my, this is my town. And I, I swear to you, in just the one area they give you for free, you could spend all year. I mean, it's fucking nuts. Like, oh, just bet. walk anywhere, and there's a new NPC giving you a new quest. And what's really good about this game, if you can't tell I'm all in, is that, yes, the things that I love about Elder Scrolls, like the physics and throwing objects down and all that kind of like weird NPC behavior... A lot of that's gone because it's an MMO. So you can't put objects on the ground, right? If you put an object, you have to destroy it, which is kind of shitty. But okay. it's an, it's a server, right? It makes sense. There's tons of people in the world. Um, server space store, you know, whatever. But um, with what is there is that kind of like go anywhere, do anything thing. And they just litter this whole map. Whatever you start in, um, if you bought a DLC, you'll start there. If you... Just get the free version. You'll start where I did. And you can just go around, do the main quest for that, like land, or you can do a million other side quests. And the main quest uh, for Vardenfall, I beat just recently. And it just felt like I played a whole single player RPG, 
by myself. Um, nice. And now people are jumping in and out, you know, that kind of like they're around. They're not like... Like real people. Real people are around. Um, you know, the big hub worlds, are, you can see them with their huge dragons, kind of like Ultima Online, which I loved. You know, their whole crazy mounts and stuff like that. But And they're helping you sometimes in dungeons, right? So if you go to a public dungeon, they'll help you. If you go to just like even a weird side mission and they're around... I don't know how they determine that, but like I fought monsters side by side with people randomly, but none of it's obtrusive. Like a tagline, ESO figured it out. Like World of Warcraft style, uh, any other MMO you can think of that's like successful. This is why they're still around. That mechanic of like just playing one player RPG, but then every once in a while someone's around, they did it perfectly. I was going to ask you if it bothers you to see like someone with the name, you know, Nutsack Tickler 420 over their head showing up in your dungeon like throws you off your game. Yeah, it never has. It never yeah. has. And um, also, I haven't seen a ton of like D's Nuts uh, names. Joe Mama. Yeah, yeah, I haven't like seen that. a lot. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'll see them. Lots of times they're, they're idle, right? Because they're like um, AFK or whatever. And they're just characters just sitting there. But it's just, it's if you like Elder Scrolls and you like side missions, and like me, I'm like this. I'm crazy for RPGs that have this kind of stuff. It's it's never ending, and especially I haven't done it. I haven't pulled the plug and don't have the money to. But when I get my paycheck, I'm thinking about it. Is if I do the ESO Plus, which is a subscription, yeah, you have access to everything ever that they ever put out ever. And they've been around for ten years. I mean, you've got ten years of content waiting for yeah. you. Yeah, and then that's not even to mention the dungeons, which again, tons of the dungeons are free too. You don't have to have the DLC for that which is if you want to go into a dungeon and, and do raids with other people, you can. But the main reason I'm bringing it to the show is because as a one-player game, as it because I was just playing, member Oblivion on Xbox and having so much fun with it, which I, I still am here and there, but I have almost like put Oblivion aside because this is all of the games. You know, like one of the very first missions is you go to Oblivion, right? Yeah, and you're like yeah. fighting monsters. And I was like, oh, well, this is the same kind of thing it is the thing you were playing but more yeah but way more and the level of progression you know that dopamine hit of like i just found a better sword uh, i leveled up um i can't say enough good things about it it is fascinating uh and also i can't believe i haven't talked about it on the show much because i did play it back in probably 2016 or something and maybe it like you say always like it didn't have all the bells and whistles and wasn't finely tuned it is the most finely tuned fucking MMO, uh, one of the ones I've ever played, ever. Um, and on top of that, the, the update looks really, really fun. Uh, I forgot what it's coming, summer or something like that. And by the way, in the very first main quest mission, one of the main characters is voiced by John Cleese. Is he really? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck, John Cleese? Hmm. Um, anyways, I don't think you'll ever play it. I did play it once, and it's not my not my. It's not your jam. I didn't think it would be. But for tons of people who like... Uh, you know, Elder Scrolls in general. Sure. If sure. you're scared of an MMO with like, you know, people with weird names coming into your game all the time or, you know, PvP, all that stuff's optional. Uh, I've been playing by myself. It's like an evening thing every evening now. Uh, I'm not worried about the daily bullshit. You know, how you get like daily stuff and there is a store and you can buy cosmetics and you can buy some stuff that's like leveling, but none of it. It's just do it at your own pace. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing anything by not spending money. Gotcha, gotcha. So I can't I can't speak highly enough of it enough. The only one thing I say is weird. 
and this is a behind the scenes thing because I went behind the scenes. Okay, you know me when I like get like get into a game, I go crazy for it. Sure, sure. Looked at all the guides. I want to give a shout out to Bra. We got this <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> okay, his ESO complete beginner's guide is stellar. Uh, it's like a two hours, an hour and a half guide. It's wow. So okay. Yeah, um, it really helped me out a lot, but um. The weird thing that I learned about by going down the rabbit hole is when you play this game, uh, it's like a secret. It's um, every every enemy in the game and you are supposedly level 160. Um, and what they do is they nerf uh, things to make it feel like you're level one. And Why so every... I don't know how they do this, what I'm about to explain, but... Let hear me out. As you go up in levels, they're stripping the nerfing, and then when you get to level one hundred and sixty at some point, then it's just normal. Like then it's like you're the same level as the enemies, and if you go above them, you're above them. But like that's behind the scenes how it works. That's Be- weird. Because what's what's cool about it is this: is that means you can go anywhere, and you don't just like find the the monster who's like level million. And you sure, just die. Sure. Yeah. So you can always attack and somehow make it okay. But if your weapons aren't good, because it, it's all kind of tied to weapons and, and armor. So your weapons and armor somehow do some math behind the scenes to like unnerf you, you know? Um, and so when I have a better sword, I do feel like I'm hitting the monster more, but it lets you kind of do anything at that point. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if that's. I, I don't know anything about why they would do that, but my guess would be because they're expecting people to play long enough to finally hit the cap. And so and that, like you said, that would be the quote unquote normal level once everybody hits the cap. And so they're all doing whatever mission. They don't have to worry about scaling or something. Yeah, I don't they know. don't have it's, to worry about a, scaling. Yeah, it's, it's a strange. different way of doing it. It's very strange, but I'll tell you this. It, it just means I can turn it on at any time and just play and play Skyrim and play the dagger, whatever I want to play, I could play. So. Man, oh man, it's fucking good. I know it's not for you, but some of our listeners. Yeah, yeah. well, right on. I'm sure that somebody out there is going to be very intrigued by that. And if uh, you want 10 years of content, it's there for you. That single player slash MMO thing. Go for it, man, for sure. So much. All right. That is Elder Scrolls Online and the Necron update is coming soon. And there's also 10 years of other updates like we just talked about. And you might bump into Carlos, so you never know. That's true, too. Oh, by the way, it's easy because right now, I don't know when I changed it, but I just changed my username just to my full name. Carlos Rodella? Yeah, is that like dangerous? I don't know. The internet? Oh, whatever. People can find you if they want to find you. That's true. But like, if you see a person walking by, it's not D's Nuts. It's just my name. It's just Carlos Rodella. Carlos Rodella, yeah. You gave up D's Nuts. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I did give up on that. All right, folks, that is the main content of the show. Covered a lot of stuff there. Just a couple more things before we go. This is the non-gaming aspect where we bring up whatever's on our mind. It's usually TV and movies because that's what we spend a lot of time doing. I got like one, two, three, four things to talk about. Carlos, what do you got? Yeah, I have shows and and YouTube stuff and and uh, movies. Oh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? What do you want? Well, sticking with the video games, Mythic Quest, which I like. Yeah, TV uh, show. I think you're kind of iffy on it, right? I watched one or two episodes and I bounced, but my wife really wants to go back to it, so we might give it another shot. Man, oh man, it, yeah, it, it's it's good to go back because um, you know they'll do like mini episodes similar to like Last of Us, where it's like the whole episode's one thing, right? And one of the ones they do in season one is like a, a blast from the past. It goes back to see 
you know, the beginning of, of one of the guys from the company and his like history and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's in the seventies and stuff. And they just did one in season two, which got me way back in, which is about two of the main characters, uh, Ian and Poppy. And when they were kids and it is so fucking good that I just want a series of that, you know, and just, just for people who are not familiar, mythic quest is the one where they're, they're game developers, right? That's yeah. A- so mythic quest is a Apple TV show, I believe. Uh, yeah, Apple TV. And, um, it's about developers making an, oh, MMO, actually RPG MMO and called mythic quest. And, uh, Poppy is one of the designers, developers on it. And I like the creative head of the company. And then again, things change as season two happens, but they have these little mini episodes where they're like, kind of like mini movies. And I just saw the one season two, episode seven, just blew me away. Like broken household, like drama, like, you know, real shit goes down in this. And it feels like a mini movie. Uh, it's so fucking good. And then you see, you know, some reasons why characters are the way they are. Uh, I can't, I can't speak highly enough of it. Um, I hope you go back to it. Okay. Right on. Sounds good. Mythic quest. Uh, and also what just dropped, uh, yesterday, double fine, uh, speaking to them again, they have a new documentary series about psychonauts. Um, the second game when they went to go back to do it. It's like, it's epic documentary on YouTube. And then I told you about Speedrunner, but I haven't watched it yet. It's a documentary about speedrunning. Yeah. I looked it up really quickly when you said you were going to bring it to the show. It's called Running at Speed. Is that right? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Running I at it Speed. It's a speedrunning documentary. And I made the joke yesterday, which I'll make again here because I'm a shameless whore, that why is this movie two and a half hours long? It should be like 15 minutes long. That's funny. But it's an easy joke, but I had to make it. No, it's okay. And it's also like about old school games too, you know? I don't think it's just about, it's about speedrunning, but like how it got started and stuff. Yeah. Anywho, I think people should check it out. I'm going to check it out. Um, and lastly, and I'll finish my run-on sentence, it sounds like, is I just, while we were doing the podcast, saw my buddy Cesar. Um, he tweeted about a, a movie, and it was just like a, a, like a clip from it. And I'd always seen this cover art and never watched it. It's a movie called The Fall. The Fall uh, with Brad Pitt? No. Uh, from 2006... The director is Tarsum Singh. He uh, directed The Cell. Do you remember The Cell? Yeah, he also directed that Losing My Religion uh, music video for... Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. He's got such a style. And the clip that he showed from The Fall, a movie I I feel like I've seen, but I haven't, was just amazing. So check it out. 2016 or 2006? 2006. 2006. 2006. Let me, I'm going to look it up real quick because I do like his visual style, but I don't know. All right, I'll look it up. I don't know anything about it. Because the visual but. style is so striking. The clip he shared was so cool looking. Um, I got to find out where it's streaming and go check it out. But The Fall. And right. uh, yeah, check it out. All right, there we go. All right, let me get a couple things uh, going here. Just I, You probably haven't, but have you had any chance at all to check out uh, Brave Star, that cartoon I talked about a couple episodes ago? Oh, I haven't, no. All right, I was going to ask you what you thought about it. I know we talked about uh, before, this is the Filmation cartoon from the uh, late 80s starring Marshall Bravestar, who is a, uh, I mean, he's an indigenous person, but he's not fr- He's not on the planet that he's, do you call a person indigenous if they're on a different planet? No, you don't, because they're not from that planet, and that's yeah. what indigenous means. We could he say he's a Native is, American. Um, was he originally Native American, like from our Earth? I mean, I guess so. He looks human. I yeah. That's a very that's a good question. I'm going to ask somebody about that. Okay. Anyway, he looks like he is a 
Native American person who is a sheriff on a faraway planet of New Texas. So he's not he's not indigenous to New Texas. He would be indigenous to Earth, I assume. Yeah. But who knows? Anyway, whatever. We didn't, they didn't clarify back in the show, so I guess I don't know what's what. But anyway, uh, I brought it up because there were questions about, you know, appropriation of culture, but also um, him being one of the very, very few non-white heroes in uh, cartoons back then in the 80s. That was very unusual, very notable. And as my son and I have been watching it, we did discuss the appropriation stuff, uh, but we kept watching it. And I got to say, like, he is a great guy. Bravestar is awesome. Like, he he espouses great values, um, you know, kind of similar to He-Man where he's always standing up for somebody who is not able to fight back or he's always believing in the good side of things. And this show is really kind of surprisingly mature in a lot of ways. A lot of the themes they've touched on, such as um, accepting somebody for who they are now and not for who they were in the past. Also, being willing to hear all sides of a story before you make a decision about things. I mean, every time we watch one of these episodes, like, I'm like legit turning my kid and being like, okay, well, we got to talk about this because this was like a good moral and Bramstar has had something really good this time. So mm. I definitely think there's some question marks about how how they used uh, iconography and themes that have been taken from um, Earth's indigenous population, uh, specifically like North American indigenous. But I think if... Otherwise, there's a lot of like really good stuff. I really want to get your, your feedback on this at some point. Um, if you do have time, don't watch episode one. It's a really weird, goofy episode. They don't they don't start it well. Like start it like episode two and just see what you think if you ever get a chance, because I'd be curious about your opinion on this. Well, I definitely am going to now. And also, I just w- looked at a, a bunch of them around YouTube. But there's a movie that's like an hour long movie called Fallen Idol. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're supposed to watch the movie last. I think you watch that after you watch oh, the whole series, I believe. Okay. Just start. You can you can stream the whole thing on YouTube for free. Just start at episode two, and let me know. Like, do you find it offensive? Do you think it's cool? Do you think he's a good hero? Is he not a good hero? I'd be curious. You know, with you having your native background, um, because to me, I definitely see some issues, but I also see like the show is doing like a lot of good. It seems like to me. So yeah, I just want to get your opinion on it. Okay, anyway, I'll check it out. There's that. Uh, I want to circle back to the Midnight Club, which I talked about a couple episodes ago. This is the show on Netflix where a bunch of terminally ill kids go to a spoopy house. And do Scooby-Doo stuff to solve the mystery of what's going on. We just finished it uh, uh, last week. And I want to say this was an excellent series, but not for the reasons that Netflix thinks it was excellent at all. Like it was really weird because we got really into each of the kids, all of their stories, how they were dealing with their terminal illnesses. um, And the like the ostensible plot of we're in a spooky house. There's cult stuff going on. There's ghosts and there's a mythology I didn't care about any of that stuff, dude. Like it was so peripheral and non-essential. The more interesting thing were the performances of the kids who were all teens. Um, the idea of grappling with your mortality at such a young age, the idea of lives being cut so brutally short and how you deal with that, with the time you have left and how they related to each other. It was just like so fucking good, dude. Like they could have cut out all the ghost stuff, all the mythology stuff, all the spooky stuff. And it would have been totally fine. Yeah. Um, I definitely recommend it. Uh, don't get too wrapped up. Don't worry about who's doing what. Don't worry about who's wearing the ghost costume because it's all dumb stuff and it doesn't really amount to anything anyway. But it is worth watching because I think just the performances were great and the the content was really sad, but also really touching and really good. We we liked it like a lot, um, but not as a spooky horror story, just as like a, a human story. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I watched the first, I only watched the first episode, but it felt like a drama, really. Yeah, it really is. That's where it's strongest. And it's really weird to me that they wanted to like give you the ghost story because that was just so worthless and didn't go anywhere. Um, not necessary whatsoever, but we did end up really liking midnight club a lot. It's one season. It ended. There's there, there's an end stops. Uh, there's nothing else. It's a one, one and done thing. And I think that's just fine. So, 
Um, I finished watching Wakanda Forever. Did we talk about it before? We did talk about it before, right? Yeah, and I've also been talking about it off and on with other friends because they saw it. And um, yeah, I, I, I oh, I mentioned to my other friend that you said you didn't want the wings and the feet, right? It was weird. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. And then he mentioned that it was weird that they did like a whole subplot with like an army, like fighting and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, uh, you know, I'm a Marvel fan for sure. I'm a comics fan from back in the day. I love almost all the MCU films. And even even a bad MCU film is better than a lot of movies out there just because of, you know, usually the spectacle and the excitement and the characters and stuff. But man, oh, I feel bad saying this, but Wakanda Forever was just not a good movie, man. It just it just wasn't. Um, I appreciate they spent a lot of time memorializing um, Chadwick Boseman, which I think was the right thing to do. They spent quite a bit of time with the characters in the movie dealing with his loss. Of course, he died in real life of, um, I want to say it was colon cancer or something like that. He died really young, and he was sick when he filmed Black Panther. Um, you knew that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that part was fine, and I think that was the right thing to do. It would have been stupid to, to replace him as if nothing had happened. That would have been weird, and I appreciate that they did that. But the rest of the movie felt like they didn't have anything else to say and nowhere to go, and it was just like a lot of stuff that just didn't amount to much and we watched it and it was it was kind of boring like it was really kind of boring um the black panther stuff itself was touching but the rest of it was just like like they had a guest appearance from um oh gosh what's her name her name is riri she's a she plays ironheart in the comics and i'm like oh i'm very excited to see what she's going to be and they barely used her at all they like barely touched on her she's like basically a black female iron man and she was in the film for like five seconds and didn't really play a very important character um, they had Namor, who is the Submariner, who's like one of the Silver Age, uh, really famous Silver Age characters. And he they, they gave him this cool like um, Mayan redesign, but then got into the whole backstory that was weird and he ended up being kind of a bad guy. And I thought it was going to do the traditional thing of like, I'm a hero and you're a hero, but we don't know each other. So we got to fight at first, but then we're going to be friends and team up against the real bad guy. You know, that whole trope, mm, right? Yeah. I totally thought that was going to happen. And no, it that didn't happen at all. Um, they just, I don't know. It just, it just didn't have much to say. Like there just wasn't a lot going on there, which was really disappointing, especially since I believe the director was Ryan Coogler who did the first Black Panther film, which I thought was awesome. Um, it just, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure that, that Chadwick Boseman actually dying really threw them for a loop. I'm sure it must not have been easy to recover from that. And what do you do? How do you rewrite a film? I get it, but I just, I don't know, man, this just wasn't it. This, this didn't do it for me. Yeah. I've been hearing that. Yeah, it just wasn't great. So anyway, um, last thing I want to mention is a new, I don't know if it's new, a sitcom we're watching on Amazon. It's called Sprung. Have you seen it? Yeah, I think I, I watched it a while ago. It's older, I it's, believe. Yeah, it's not super old, but it's like maybe one or two years old or something like that. Um, it's coming from Greg Garcia, who is the writer-director behind uh, My Name is Earl and also Raising Hope. Uh, I'm a huge fan of both of those shows. Those Both of those shows were like, our family jam those were exactly our wavelength exactly our humor we mm. just really love the characters it was really funny um so if you like that kind of uh that bucket of stuff this is exactly that again it's greg garcia doing what he does best which i'm i'm happy to get more of it because uh we watched everything he did and there's nothing left so getting more is great but it stars uh his series uh people from raising hope garrett dillahunt and martha plimpton uh, they played husband and wife before, but now they just play people who are not married. And it's so weird to see them not married, but also they do a great job. They're, they're really great character actors. Um, the series is really funny. It's about people who, which, which actually happened people in prison who got released from prison because COVID happened and the prisons needed to space out the prisoners in order to mm. keep them alive. So they released a bunch of folks who were like a minimal threat. 
uh, this actually happened. Uh, and so they're taking this premise and releasing a bunch of like low threat people back into the community. Uh, in this series, he's been in jail for 25 years for selling pot uh, because they had a mandatory minimum sentence back in the day. And it's like a whole new world to him. And also he gets out and he's like, what's COVID? What's going on? I don't understand what's happening. And this is the series, I think, out of all the TV I've seen that directly addresses COVID more than anything else out there. Everybody out there is in the middle of COVID in the early days. Like Trump is still president and he's on the TV saying it's going to be over by springtime. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows where it's from. They think it's like a bat bit somebody and it's causing a virus or something and nobody knows what's happening. Everybody's got masks, but they're wearing like underwear on their head as a mask and no one's taking it seriously like in the early days. And it's just like, it's take, I mean, we're still in the pandemic. COVID is still here, but it's nice to see somebody address it so directly, but also bring humor to it too. Like there are some funny aspects to it and it's not making light of COVID in the sense that it's not serious, but they are making fun of how people reacted to it. Mm. Um, It's hard to, it's hard to encapsulate what makes it so good and so funny, but it's on target. I think it's really hilarious. And if you like my name's Earl, if you like raising hope, if you like Greg Garcia, this is him doing what he does best. It's really, really funny stuff. Yeah, I'll revisit it because I remember seeing it, I think, when it first came out and uh, enjoying it. I think it was nice. Yeah. It's just so much content. Um, it's, there's a lot of stuff out there. So that's all I got, Carlos. Anything else from you? Just a few more things as I'm looking at my screen. The Last of Us, um, episode four or five. Oh, shit. I was gonna, thank you for bringing that up. Go ahead. They dropped it before the Super Bowl, the big football match. Uh, so it, was, it dropped on Friday, I think, or Saturday. Um, I thought it was very good. I thought it was a good return to form. Uh, we talked about you know um, my feelings of episode three. Again, yeah. liked it a lot. I just had another conversation with a friend about it, and I just feel like it should have been later in the season. Uh, and also, they could have maybe not made it about their whole life and just like, uh, I don't know, 40 minutes or something. Sure, but sure. other than that, I still like it. And I just think that the the newest episode is like so fucking good and so smart and taking characters and the way they did it, everything. I don't want to spoil anything. It's just really fucking good, that last episode. Um, well, it's funny you bring that up. I meant to bring this up earlier, but, you know, I mentioned before that my wife and I want to watch that show, but she has not played the game. Yeah, I know. And I have wanted her to play this game for a long time, not only because I loved it, but because I really wanted her opinion on the ending, which, if you remember, was really divisive at the time. Uh, I mean, I guess it's probably still divisive now, but there was just like a furor about the ending back then. And I fell one way and, you know, other people fell another way. And I was really curious as to which way she would fall. I had a feeling. Um, but I wanted to see what she was going to say. So she hasn't played it this whole time. I've been waiting for her to play it this entire time, and the TV show is what got her to play it. So she just finished it uh, yesterday. Oh, she did? Um, okay. She finished it. I watched most of it on the couch with her, which was really entertaining. Still holds up as a good game. Still holds up. I still really like it a lot. Um, and then she got to the ending. We had this big discussion, and I got to say, it was really kind of a moment because I've been waiting for years to have this discussion with her, and we finally got to have it, and it was really good. And, of course, no surprise, she landed exactly where I thought she would land, which is exactly where I landed because we... Uh, get along really well. We're on the same vibe about 99.9% of things. And it was great to finally have the discussion after so many years. So she's done that. She's doing the DLC left behind, which I think is amazing. And then after that, we're going to start the show. So we'll, uh, I'll be able cool. to chip in after You'll a while. You'll be able yeah. to catch up at some point. Yeah. yeah. Pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's obviously, I think pretty done phenomenally. Uh, and then before we go, yeah. Running with speed is the doc. You're right. That was the name of it. Uh, about speed running. And also I am excited to see to Leslie, which is, a very, very dark drama, but uh, I hear some good things about it. It's on um, Amazon it Prime Video. Uh, it's just like drama about a, a woman who wins the lottery, but then she like wastes it. <laughs> it's, wow. it's, it's not a heartwarming thing. Uh, it doesn't seem like – it just seems super dark, but I love that actress. Um, I'm going to look her name up. It's uh, Ann 
Andrea Riseborough? 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 Allison Janney's in it, too. Uh, Andrea Riseborough. I would have never known her name, but I've seen her in a million things. Uh, it's just an intense, dark drama, and every once in a while I want that. Um, it, it just seems really, really good. To Leslie. Anyways. Excellent. Okay, let's wrap this show up. All right, let's wrap it up. It's also a good time to wrap it up because your audio totally went sideways right there. I don't know Did what's it? going Who on. Who cares? You're fine. I know. We're right at the end of the show. We're not going to fix it now. No, we're like not. I'm not going to fix shit. <laughs> All right, folks. That's the show. As always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. We're on Instagram at SoVideoGamesPodcast. You can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Uh, just the TikToks, of course. I'm also on Instagram, by the way. Uh, it's, it's Carlos Rodella Comedy on Instagram. I just I stopped doing like you know, like stories about Carlos the person a long time ago. So I know people who follow me are like, does he do anything besides make videos? Probably not. Um, and you might be right. So Carlos Rodella comedy is just my sketches on Instagram and then uh, Carlos Rodella on TikTok. Excellent. Excellent. Um, same for me as always. You can find me on Twitter still, I guess, for the moment. Um, although shit's going downhill really bad over there. Uh, you can still find me on Instagram. You can find me on co-host, but I got to say I've been on Spoutable a lot lately, and I feel like that one is really getting some steam. Uh, Spoutable is pretty cool. It just launched uh, three or four days ago. I was in the beta beforehand, so that was fine, but mm. they've made a lot of improvements. Um, it's getting some a lot of uh, a lot of Democratic-leaning, a lot of liberal-leaning people there. They crack down on abuse pretty fucking quick, and they don't put up with any Nazi shit happening, which is great. Um, so I'm, I'm liking it. I'm getting some, uh, some good connections over there. It's still starting. I mean, you know... It's not like Twitter after 10 years. I mean, it's still new people. You got to you got to follow people. You got to find find your hashtags and stuff. But it's it's getting some good ground. I'm liking it. Um on all of these things, Instagram, Twitter, co-host and spatable, it's, it's the same thing. It's my name, B R A D G A L L A W A Y. All A's no O's. Track me down. You can find me there. And that's going to do it for this week's episode 323. Thank you all again for joining us here on the So Video Games podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.